we take you back to the night of June 9th, 1995, on Art Bell. Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening or good morning and welcome to another edition of Coast to Coast AM live talk radio throughout the nighttime. I said live because we're here right now while others recycle, regurgitate, repeat relentlessly. We are here live, once again proving why talk radio is much better live than repeated. Now, as you all know, for the last few days, my blood pressure has been high. We've been following a, store, a story um, in Oklahoma City very closely, which was broken by Channel 4, KFOR television in Oklahoma City. And my assumption must be this morning that some of you don't know what we're talking about. And so I'm briefly going to take you through the chronology. And then I've got a guest. A very unusual, a very interesting guest. Uh, it began this way with a couple of people who sent me faxes, shocking faxes, and I'm going to read you the content of one. Dear Art, a lead story on Oklahoma City's KFOR, News Channel 4, tonight at 10 o'clock, this is now a couple of days ago, was a report revealing the identity of John Doe number 2. Reporter Jana Davis has worked on this story since one week after the tragedy. Davis presented witnesses who, she wish, uh, who wished to remain shadowed, Voices disguised, that sort of thing, who saw McVeigh and John Doe number two several days before the attack. One witness claims the pair drank beer at her bar in northwest Oklahoma City. She says John Doe number two spoke with an Iranian Iraqi accent. Uh, they spoke an Arab language of some sort to each other. Further research by Channel 4 identified John Doe number two through surveillance photos obtained by local businesses near Northwest 10th and Penn, about two and a half blocks from the AP, where, where the AP Murrow building used to be. The report showed some three shots of John Doe number two, but scrambled his face as he has not yet been arrested or charged. Research, research done by KFOR has revealed John Doe number two's name and nationality, but they didn't release it at the FBI's request. The report did say the man was an Iraqi national who served in the Iraqi military during the Gulf War Desert Storm under Saddam Hussein. The report also said the man is and has been under FBI surveillance and that he has a tattoo on his left arm. Thought you'd like to know. Well, that set off, as you might imagine, um, a firestorm of interest in the story on this program, certainly. I got another fact saying essentially the same thing. Then we began trying to um, do what you do, uh, verify the story. Through our program, uh, excuse me, news director at um, um, WKY, our affiliate WKY in Oklahoma City, 
we confirmed the essential details of the story, that it was essentially as we had heard that it was reported. Then began a long questioning of why in God's name this story was not picked up by the parent network, uh, by other networks and news outlets around the country, and for two days we've been wallowing in that uh, great mystery. Well, not that it's all going to be solved, but hang on, we've got a guest coming. A little more chronology. Meantime, my network, hard at work, uh, up in, from Oregon, also contacted the television station, spoke to several people at KFOR, and all of them, to the person, said, No, Jaina will not, under any circumstances, do an interview. Well, at this point, what is a, what is a mother to do? Well, a mother begins imagining all kinds of wild things, like it might be an FBI plant story. It might. It still might. I don't know. Then, uh, tonight comes a fax, the following. According to KFOR Channel 4 TV in Oklahoma City, they have identified uh, John... Uh, excuse me. I'm reading an, uh, another copy of one of the original faxes I got. This is the one that just came in. It's entitled, More on John Doe, number two. As a result of Wednesday's uh, broadcast, a new witness has now come forward to KFOR. This witness places John Doe, number two, four blocks from the bomb site, seconds after the blast speeding away in the brown pickup truck. The witness said she ran from her office after hearing the blast, and was almost run down by the brown Chevy pickup. She got a real clear view of the driver, John Doe number 2. She describes his look as very angry and full of hate. After she learned of the bombing, she felt this man was involved. This witness says she recognized the man in, K in the KFOR report, even though his identity was hidden by computer graphics. Since Wednesday... She has been with KFOR and has identified the pictures of John Doe number two uh, that KFOR has. The witness also said she had been interviewed by the FBI the day of the bombing. But when asked if she saw a tattoo on the upper left arm, she told the FBI no. KFOR then showed some full body pictures their reporter had taken of John Doe number two. In one of them, he is wearing a tank top. And when they zoomed into his upper left arm, you can clearly see the tattoo. That's from Craig in Lawton, Oklahoma. So there is everything as I had it up until a uh, little before broadcast time. And I've got, you know, a million other faxes uh, about this. A lot of other networks are now aware of it. Um, CNN uh, was aware of the story, waiting for confirmation. Uh, AP Wire Service and others waiting for confirmation. ABC New York, not aware, but looking into it. Local NBC affiliate um, was interested uh, in another town, but they also are investigating, and on and on and on. So we seem to be the, um, uh, the driving um, force behind this story now. 
uh, going beyond uh, KFOR. Others, I understand, have touched on it as well, including uh, Chuck Harder now and uh, Lopati and some others. So the story is now beginning to break out of the first stages. There you've got a kind of a chronology. And I thought, oh boy, this sounds like, really sounds like a plant. I mean, what television station would not want their story told? It's an important story. Very important. A half hour before airtime, I got a call from somebody who will, uh, for our purposes, we will call Mike. Not his real name, but we'll call him Mike. He is a private investigator. Uh, he says a contract employee of Channel 4 Television, KFOR. And he's here to talk to us about all of this this morning. So uh, let me take a brief break. And when we come back, the private investigator doing the work that no doubt in part or maybe even in a large part, along with Jana Davis, resulted in the story that now is beginning to catch fire. In a moment, Mike. Now we take you back to the night of June 9th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Now, let me preface uh, what you're about to hear only uh, with one further item, and that is that Mike has contacted me. Now, I have no way of verifying that Mike is who he says he is. I will give you my personal assessment, uh, having spoken to him, that I believe that he is. So, uh, why don't you decide for yourself? Um, here we go. Uh, Mike, are you able to hear me? Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Um, all right, have I roughly, first of all, represented you properly as a contract employee of Channel 4 Television, KFOR, a private investigator? I am a private investigator, correct. I am a subcontractor, not an employee. A subcontractor, all right. Um, that, that would essentially be a contract employee. Correct. Um, all right, Mike. Spill your guts. <laughs> well, no, I, I, look, um, first let me ask you okay. straight out. Is this an FBI plant story? Absolutely not, Art. Let me, let me, let me just uh, clear the air how it could not be. Uh, Jana Davis and myself have been starting this investigation uh, back sh shortly thereafter the bombing. Basically, after we gathered information, our, our primary surveillance tape, which we took, we went to the FBI. The FBI debriefed us and questioned us for about four and a half hours. Um, we turned everything over at that time, videotapes, names, addresses, everything. Can you tell us what, in essence, was on the tapes? Now, remember, the larger audience in the nation has not seen the KFOR report. So what, do you, what did you have that you turned over? Well, let me give you a little bit of history. First of all, once the bombing here, it's, it's our backyard. I live in Oklahoma City, as, as do many, many other people. Um, there were people... Uh, some credible, some not credible, that were going to various news stations. We were contacted by some witnesses that had been contacted already and questioned by the FBI. Okay. They gave the FBI their information. It went at that. 
some of the witnesses we found to be very credible. We investigated. We investigated some that were not credible. But the ones we found credible that we could at least second source everything, yeah. we continued to investigate. Uh -huh. Well, this led us to a group of individuals, uh, one individual in particular. It got narrowed down to at least one individual, which we started doing surveillance. We started taking videotape. We started to see this gentleman's daily activities or this, lack of daily activities. This was the person you were suspecting of being John Doe two, uh, number two? Correct. All right. Correct. All right, so you were actually... Uh, you were on the guy. Uh, you were taking videotapes. You were sitting somewhere and watching him, that sort of thing. Yes, sir. We were taking surveillance uh, tape of his daily activities, see uh, what he did, who he associated with, uh, things of that nature. Okay. Um, once we, and he, we kind of stumbled onto him uh, in, a, in a kind of ironic way. To, but anyway, once we took the videotapes of this gentleman, we, we were looking at him and and um, Jana Davis and myself were looking at the videotapes, and we kind of got a chill because of the, the look. John, our possible John Doe number two has very striking features, very striking features. And we thought, well, we have to go on with this. We're, we're trying to help in any way we can, help solve this crime if we can. If not, we'd like to be told we're wasting our time and get on down the road because we both have other things okay. to do if that not be the case. Uh, Mike, did these striking features resemble... Uh, the FBI's composite? Yes, sir, they did. They did. Yes, sir, they did. Oh, okay, okay. Especially, um, especially in, from the nose, eyes, the brow area, and the forehead and the hair. Uh, face structure in general, it, it matched. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we turned them over to the FBI. Uh, my initial observation, FBI came to us. Uh, we went to them. They came to us, interviewed us. When I initially put, first put the first video uh, surveillance tape, we were interviewed by two agents, and both agents took double tapes and asked me to pause the videotape. Mm -hmm. Okay, they questioned us in length and in depth for four and a half hours. Uh, what we knew of them, you know, why, our witnesses, what have you. We've turned everything over to them. We have since hence continued to do surveillance on number two as of today. Or number two lookalike, I should say. Number two lookalike. As of today, we have continued to get surveillance tape. We have continued to turn anything, everything over to the FBI. We're in continual contact with them. Um, of course, by nature of their job, they don't tell us anything. We don't expect them to, to be honest with you. We're here to help them if uh, we can. I'm sure that would be true, yes. I, I'd like to correct a couple little things you, you mentioned in, in your, your, your brief little summary here at the beginning. Okay. Um, during that summary, you said uh, surveillance taken by, um, I'm sorry, surveillance tape taken by neighboring businesses off 10th and Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's what the facts said. That's incorrect. Uh, none of the videotape do we have was taken from any other video camera other than our own, including the FBI. None of them was taken from FBI surveillance tapes. None okay, oh, that, that includes everything in, in, uh, in your report with Jana, right? Correct. What's going on KFOR. Okay. Correct. All right. Second thing I'd like to, uh, uh, to correct with you is you had mentioned a, uh, an individual, a young lady that went on, on camera. Um, in disguise, where she had seen McVeigh and our John Doe number look alike in a bar drinking beer. Correct. It, you were misinformed when they told you that McVeigh and this John Doe number two look alike were observed speaking a foreign language together. That is not correct. Okay. The correct answer to that would be um, this: this John Doe number two look alike asked the waitress a question of whether she was married. Uh, she couldn't understand what he said. She asked him to repeat it. He repeated it. He spoke with very broken English at no time. Broken English. Right. Um, she was from Southern California. She knows Hispanic. This gentleman kind of looks Hispanic. Um, 
it was not Hispanic. She, and during the interview, she stated it was the same as she heard during news reports from the Gulf War. Okay. Okay, so that's how they came up with the preliminary um, um, thought that this might be an Iraqi or, or an Iranian or Middle Eastern type. No, no, sir, actually it's not. Within minutes after the bombing, one of my investigators uh, taped all the police radio traffic on the scanners. Within minutes after the bombing, that was reported on, on Channel 4 also, they were looking for a brown Chevy pickup truck, tinted windows, bug shield, Yes. with at least two Middle Eastern-looking males. Yes, sir. I, I recall that report okay. distinctly. Okay, that was, that was coming directly from the FBI. We taped it. We have where police officers locally are asking who, you know, do we know if this is good information? And it's, it's right there on the report says from a law enforcement official stating it was authorized by the FBI. Within a few hours after that, uh, the, the APB out for the Middle Eastern connection kind of died off. You know, inside law enforcement sources say the FBI, you know, told them specifically pull the APB from the Middle Eastern men off. Quit giving it away. Okay, quit, quit, quit asking for them. All right, uh, let me stop you there. I, okay. I remember a report, maybe that's is further down line, okay. that two Pakistanis, I believe it was Pakistanis, uh, were detained and questioned by the FBI for a period of time and then let go. Now, do you recall that? I, I don't, I, I recall... Yeah, I think it was down in Texas somewhere, they, they got them or something. The only one I do recall of Middle Eastern is here in Oklahoma City, the okay. South Oklahoma City of a hotel, a gentleman from Texas was questioned, detained, then released by the FBI. There, around here, it was, it was kind of a, went crazy for a little bit because anybody that had dark skin and drove a brown, could have been a little car, was getting pulled over and questioned. Uh, I hear you. Public sure. hysteria. Right, I'm sure. Okay, um... How long, so uh, this investigation uh, by yourself and Jaina, did it begin roughly a week after the bombing or just right, very shortly after the bombing? Is that when it all began, when you began work? It began within about, I would uh, just um, guess, probably within three days after the bombing. Three days? I would say roughly within three days. All right, so you worked on this story from that period until when it aired, what was it, Wednesday? Uh, that was... No, sir, we've worked on it continually through today, but it, it did not first air Wednesday. It, it aired some time back. It's been a continuing series and updates as far as the, as far as the programs and the stories. Well, there must have been something about the story on Wednesday that lit everybody's fire. Maybe it was a culmination, or maybe it just built to some sort of, some, some sort of a crescendo or something, but it was as though KFOR broke it uh, just the other day. Well, yeah, yes, and I'll tell you where that came from. Of course... I do not, I'm not employed by KO4. I'm not their employee. I'm speaking as their subcontractor as myself, okay, as the investigator. Right. The story Wednesday broke when we've accumulated all this information. We have had multiple eyewitnesses that, and my job as an investigator, I was trying to discredit them, okay? I was trying to make sure it was a non-prejudiced third-party objective to get down to the truth. To be honest with you, if this isn't real, Myself, nor Jana Davis, nor any of the news channel would want anything to do with this. It's not a racial thing. It's a thing about the truth. Okay? I'm with you. Uh, okay. That's what I want is the truth. Yeah, it's, it's all for the truth, basically. So we had all this information. We had multiple light witnesses that have been through lineups. And you're talking, I did the lineups myself. You're talking pictures of at, 45, at least 45 to 50 pictures, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, of various individuals. These pictures, on their own, non-prejudiced, 
on camera picked out our John Doe number two lookalike on each occasion. Hmm. And without hesitation. Out of how big a lineup? Mm, I would say a variation of up to 20 different people. All right. Well, that's pretty impressive. And, so. and you're talking, um, somebody had made a comment on another talk show that, uh, you know, some people think people of certain races all look the same. That is incorrect. We put, we put faces. I even try to trick some of them and saying, you sure it's not this guy? You, you know, you sure it's not this man? And, and they would always stick to their story. Mm-hmm. We found it credible. We could second source things. Um, we basically, Jana did her package, took it where she needed to took it. Um, All right, Mike, I want you to hold your story sure. right there for us. We've got to take a break here at the bottom of the hour. You won't hear anything for a few minutes. Don't let it worry you. We're going to break here uh, at the bottom of the hour. My guest is somebody who calls himself Mike, a private investigator who worked with and continues to work with Jana Davis, the reporter who broke this incredible story from Oklahoma City. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. Somewhere in time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. Good morning from the high desert. My guest calls himself Mike. For obvious reasons, we're not going to get his real name. I don't expect it. He is a private investigator who has been working with Jana Davis, is a subcontract employee of Channel 4 Television KFOR, Oklahoma City. In other words, he's not really their employee but is a private investigator who's been working on this case since within a few days of the explosion. We're getting the story now. Mike, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Good, all right. Um, now, back to it. Um, you, here you are. You've got all of this material, um, videotape, all the rest of it, uh, witnesses who have identified John Doe number two, uh, and then what? What do you do? Uh, basically, basically, Jana did her... Um, we're getting a little feedback here. Uh, Jana did her package together, gave it over to she, who she had to give it to. Right. Uh, I'll tell you what. If you can, get real good and close to the phone and speak up good and loud. Okay, I'm right in it right now. All right, that, that'll okay. help a lot. Wonderful. Basically, Jana Davis gave, did her package, put everything together. We uh, both together, her and I, checked and double-checked and sourced and resourced and banged our heads together, uh, basically uh, trying to go what to do. Um, you know, people of above power at, at, at her news channel decided, well, 
here's what will happen. Let's go ahead and contact the FBI, which uh, management at the News Channel contacted the FBI, told them they were going to run with the story, and wanted them, you know, gave them time and let them know we're not out to hurt any investigation. It's just time for the truth to come out. Did they say, did they say basically, look, we're running with the story, whether you guys think it's okay or not? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What was, what was said, and I was privy and I was in with the conversation, it was put like this. It was put, we're going to run the story unless you all give us reason why not to, or, you know, we don't want to impede your investigation. We want to help out on the situation. What do, you, what do you want us to do? They said they would mm -hmm. get back. Okay. Within probably 30 minutes of that conversation, they had no problem with us running the story. They did not tell us we were, you know, ludicrous, crazy, wrong. Uh, they said we, we, you know, basically gave the blessing to run the story. Mm -hmm. The story was ran that night. That was Wednesday night. Uh, that's when everything started breaking on the story. Um, all right, before we move on, let me ask you this. Why are you talking to me tonight? In other words, uh, how is it you are allowed... Well, even better yet, let's go back a little further. Why is Jaina Davis not allowed, either not allowed to, or is refusing to do any interviews with anybody? Uh, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a matter of uh, refusing to or not being allowed to. I, I think it's a matter... Art is we live here in this town. We want this to go. We want it to go right. The reason I'm calling you is I wanted to clear some things up. I had heard comments uh, of some comments made on your show uh, last night, I believe. Um, I have a, a list of the people that I'm aware of. You know, I guess there were some questions on why isn't it going public? Why isn't it going national? It is going public. It is going national. Uh, just for instance, WNBC, the NBC. Oh, oh, okay, but Mike, before okay. we go on again, you haven't really exactly answered my question. The question is kind of why is Jana not doing interviews? Now, is it just her personal choice? Uh, she just doesn't want to do interviews? In other words, it's her story, and it's your story, I guess. And um, uh, you would think that she would want to get it out and, and get it out accurately. And, and I'll accept that as your reason for being here. I'm just asking why isn't Jaina? Uh, I, I, I do not really know. Jaina is still employed by the news channel. Um, the story isn't completely over. We're kind of looking for a finish to the story. Um, we, we'd like to resolve. Uh, the big question in our mind is once this is, Resolved with a yes, it could be him, or yes, we've arrested him, or yes, we've cleared him, we've questioned him, then it's over. It, it can go either way. Uh, we're still kind of in the, the hanging stages as far as for personal reasons, or maybe it's the uh, news channel reasons. I'm not in the, you know, I'm not in the decision making part as to her personal or All right. whatever decision. All right, I'll, I'll accept that answer. All right, now as for your part in this, Mike, um, I take it that the powers that be, whoever they be, um, authorized you to do what you're doing right now. Yes, sir, you could take that. All right, I take it. All right, um, so the investigation's ongoing. Uh, this man is still in, to the best of your knowledge, and you should know, Oklahoma City. As of 5.30 this evening, yes, sir, he was. Just hours ago. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. How many witnesses altogether, Mike, have identified this man the way you suggest he's been identified, uh, you know, in large lineups? I'd say at least three uh, that have been able to come on camera or willing to come on camera, both, you know, unidentified, of course. Uh, there have been others that have not wanted to come on camera at all. And we, of course, 
protect their identity. Um, something I can touch back on your other question. It's, it's why I believe, too, it just popped in my head. I'm sorry to go out of order here. But, no, it's quite all right. Um, I believe part of the reason this is, is the news channel is getting it's swamped and inundated with phone calls about this. I'll bet. But it's we, both Jaina, myself, and the news channel, we have a commitment to the witnesses. Nobody wants to take the story without being able to confirm it themselves. And we will absolutely not. Any ones I have, I will not reveal, neither will Jaina, to anybody other than the FBI. And I know there have been calls and questions on, well, we, we, we want to talk to this witness, this witness, this witness. We have guaranteed them their anonymity. I understand. No, that I understand. And uh, as I did with you with some information at the beginning of the program, I promise to keep it uh, uh, to myself, and, uh, and, and I shall do so. I'm a man of my word, and I assume that Channel 4 is as well. Correct. So I can understand why they would protect these witnesses. Now, you, Mike, have had a chance to really talk to these witnesses, probably the way almost nobody else except perhaps the FBI has, I guess. That's correct. Um, what, how credible are they, Mike? I, I tell you, um, in my personal opinion, they're, they're very credible. In my professional opinion, they're, they're excellent witnesses. Um, just for instance, the, the young lady that was on the, I'm sure you haven't seen it, but the young lady that came on tonight's show at 10 o'clock show after the NBA playoffs here, um, she came to the news channel. She saw it. Uh, if you saw the picture of the John Doe number two look like, you would understand how she picked him out, even though his face was mosaiced out. Okay, so you're verifying the second facts that I've got here about the lady who came to KFOR, uh, another witness, and also has now identified. Uh, yes, sir. And another witness oh, who was my. also questioned by the FBI. All right, then, um, several. I don't, it's hard to know which direction to go. Um, first, why, I guess my first question is, the FBI seemed inclined to pick up anybody early on who even, as you pointed out, remotely drove the sort of vehicle uh, or whatever. So why haven't they picked this guy up? Uh, Art, that's my question itself. I, I imagine in the wisdom of the FBI that uh, they're probably doing an in-depth investigation in which they feel that, you know, safe to maybe find out who his associates might be or what have you. I, I think, you know, there, there's, there's underlying factors here that, that you're still not made aware of and the public's still not made aware of it and won't be that I and Jaina are aware of. So, they're, they're, you know, trust my judgment and there is reasoning. All right, then let me ask something and you can react to it how you wish. In the beginning, in the first hours after the bombing, uh, clearly the reports were that this was a foreign connection in all likelihood. Uh, you know, they had seen some foreigners, and everybody, of course, immediately expect, uh, uh, suspected uh, Iraq or Iran or some country like that behind it. And that's what the large news organizations went with. Um, then all of a sudden, the story took a different direction suddenly, and they all had, we all had, because I did some of that reporting, egg on our faces. And it was as though... Oh, boy, you know, we should be apologizing for even automatically suspecting foreign uh, involvement uh, like this. A lot of egg on a lot of faces, and the story took a whole new turn. Now, what you're reporting seems to point right back again to the possibility, at least, of foreign involvement. Could that account for the hesitation and so forth the FBI seems to be displaying now? In my opinion, I'd say, I, my opinion is without a doubt. I mean, uh, the gentleman that was arrested in, in London is an Oklahoma City native, and uh, he was apologized 
you know, the president apologized to him. So uh, he's of Middle Eastern descent. So I, I would say they, they would, you know, in my opinion, they're they're going forward cautiously, and, and I don't blame them for that. Well, yeah, I understand the political pressure now. What do you think? And this is just a guess, I'm sure, on your part, Mike, or maybe you know. Um, KFOR is a reputable, mainstream, Channel 4 NBC news affiliate there in the city where the bombing took place. Yes, sir. This is a big story, uh, Mike. There's no question about it. And Channel 4 ran it, and then nobody else, nobody else uh, picked it up, with the exception of this program early on, with questions. And, and to this moment, with some few exceptions... On the fringe, it still hasn't been picked up by the networks. Earlier in the day when I spoke with the general manager of Channel 4, I said, I would presume you fed the network on this, didn't you? And he said, well, look, I just got back from a trip or something, so yes, I would certainly presume we did. Do you know whether they did feed the net, and do you, can you answer why it hasn't been picked up? I can't answer why. I can, I can list you at least nine uh, different uh, media agencies that have this. Uh, I you know I, I can I can list nine that I'm aware of that I could tell you. Tell me. Okay, New York Times picked this up. AP Wire, UPI Radio Network, Dallas Morning News. Just tonight, WNBC, the uh, NBC affiliate, in New York City ran the story. The Arizona Republic Finally. picked it up. Finally. KFYI Radio, CNN, and of course NBC Newsfeed. And there's also been calls by and I and I won't name, but several high-ranking senators on the Hill have called. All right, so finally it is beginning to break. Yes, sir. It sure did break slowly, uh, yes, sir. Uh, Mike. Uh, very, uh, very, very interesting. And I wonder if some of the same forces are at work here in the media as are at work, or I suspected were at work in the FBI's hesitation to go ahead and arrest this man, and that is um, the, the media's reluctance to, in effect, say, oops, Follow me. I follow you. I, 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 the, the, you know, I. All I can say from my experience in this is, it, it takes it, it takes a lot of nerve. It, it takes uh, both from an individual all the way up to a news channel, a news station. You know, KFOR TV in Oklahoma City, the NBC affiliate, just swept number one across the board in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City market. So they're number one without a question and, and with definite. You know, definition in their number one standing. So it took a lot of nerve, and it, and the detail that had to go into this, the second sourcing, it is, it's remarkable. And, and the majority of the witnesses we have, both, you know, on camera and the ones that just are too scared to go even with their, their voices and face, you know, in disguise, have, a number of them have been, have been interviewed by the FBI. But you have to remember, most of the interviews came within hours or within a day or so of the bombing. The first videotape I took of this John Doe number two lookalike wasn't until April 24th, which was five days after the bombing. So at that time, you know, they wouldn't have the stills and the videos we provided to to produce in a photo lineup. Does your John Doe number two suspect know that he's under surveillance? I have no idea. I, I assume not. Does he act as though he knows? From the onset, he's a very suspicious individual. He 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 appears to be soldier-like. He's very wary. He's very cautious where he goes. I don't. I assume he doesn't know he is under surveillance. We've been very careful with that. 
Well, there must be dual surveillance going on because you are surveilling as you you say the FBI is. I assume they are. Yes. Well, oh, now wait a minute. You you assume they are. You uh, do you know for sure whether the FBI has this man under surveillance now? Art, if I knew, I couldn't. I wouldn't tell you, nor I could. I tell you, but I, I can tell you this: everything we give, every videotape we get, it is requested from us by the FBI, and we voluntarily turn it into the FBI. I can, I can, I can assure you that um, we have not been told we're in the wrong. We, you know, all the FBI can neither confirm nor deny because it is an active investigation, and, and we we question them no more on that. All right, Mike, hold on just a moment. We'll be right back to you. Wow. Now we take you back to the night of June 9th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Okay, Mike, we're back. We're back, Mike. Are you there? Hello, Mike. Right, right. I'll tell that. Alright, apparently well, Mike good. is uh, speaking to somebody else on the phone right now about exactly Hello? this. Uh, yes, hi, Mike. I'm here. Go ahead, Art. Okay, Mike. Um, are you there? I'm here. Go ahead. Alright. Um, I take it you're getting communication from elsewhere. I am, sir. That's the story of my life, I think. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, what do they want us to know? Um, basically where we're going. Uh, just uh, something that, that needs to be um, I need to, to let you know, and as far as validity, as far as credibility, each photo lineup that we did with these individuals, each photo lineup was taped from the beginning, to the moment we started talking to them, through the whole setup. So you've got videotape even of these witnesses doing the... Uh, yes, sir. Oh, that's, yes, sir, and we did not talk to these witnesses off camera to ensure credibility, to ensure the the stability of the photo lineup, you say, okay, and we taped it from the beginning to we left. Once once they identified them, we even taped stowing the pictures, putting the pictures away um, completely from, from beginning to out the door. The camera was running full time, and that is being turned over to the FBI, too. As to there's no question of a tainted witness, a possibility of a tainted witness, and, and uh, most of ours that I, that I probably didn't tell you, I know I told you we double-sourced it, but... Our, uh, Jana and I triple sourced it. You know, you know. Sometimes four and five times we would source something to make sure we're we're on track. Um, can you characterize for me now? Obviously, I mean, here you are delivering some very heavy information uh, to the FBI. Um, even though they're pretty stoic guys, I know quite a few agents myself, and they're pretty stoic. Um, you must have been able to discern some sort of reaction from them um, from surprise to great interest to no interest to we'll take this information only if we have to I mean characterize for me if you would the way they communicated with you basically are any contact you might have had with the FBI um, when I call they're there I have no problems getting them on the phone when I leave a message or Jana leaves a message they're back with us within 15 20 minutes probably max they're 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 kind to us. They're nice. Anything we have, we give to them. They ask if we have anything. We'll tell them we're going to get this. If, for instance, one of <clears throat> we were asked if we could place 
our John Doe number two look alike with McVeigh at the at the onset towards the beginning stages of the investigation. All right. We said, well, we'll let you know as we go. Well, we called him up and said, we now have witnesses that can place John Doe number two look alike with McVeigh. They were very interested. We turned it over to them. Now, as of today, we have a witness. Do these involve the people in the restaurant? Uh, well, there's, there's that, that, in other words, it placed them together, or were there other locations? There's other than the restaurants. There's a oh. beer drinking establishment. There's other businesses that they were seen. Together. Some are on camera, some are off camera for the fear. I've got you. Okay. Um, basically, we contacted them and said, not only have we placed them with McVeigh, now we have placed them with uh, inside driving a brown Chevy pickup by a credible witness that was within... As she put it, I believe four to six feet, her face to his face, as he turned a corner driving that car. John Doe number two looked like it. And remembered the features of him. And if you saw the man, if you saw the stills, if you saw the video, his features, you would not forget. He is a very angry-looking man, and that is how she remembered him. Well, she was almost hit by him, wasn't she? Yes, sir, she was. Well, so uh, could those reactions on his face have been fright at almost hitting her? Absolutely not. Let me let no. me tell you why, Art. At the time of the bombing, my own attorney, my friends, people have business downtown. At the time of the bombing, time stopped downtown. People stopped the cars in the middle of the road. Sure. There was no movement. Everybody kind of froze and, sure. and kind of panicked to get out of buildings. According to this eyewitness, credible, very credible eyewitness, um, the one that, that spotted him in the car, he was the only vehicle. What stuck out in her mind is everybody has a bewildered, scared look coming out. And all vehicles stop traffic, okay? Um, he was the only vehicle, this vehicle that he was observed driving, or she, she spotted him driving, she identified him driving, was the only vehicle on the road moving and was going at a high rate of speed, was not looking at wonderment, but was looking at her and made eye contact and kept eye contact as he came around the corner Wow. And was going at a high rate of speed. And sh according to her testimony, which was the whole interview, everything was taped from start to finish. So there's no question on what was spoken between whatever, you know, um, was what hit her is, why are you so angry? And where are you going so fast? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a problem here. There's an obvious problem. Mm -hmm. And that's what her own words, her own, you know, information she volunteered to us on her feelings. Wow. Um, all right. Well, here's where we're going to have to leave it for the top of the hour, Mike. Um, relax. You've got probably about seven or eight minutes. Uh, and if you want to do any communicating in that time with Jaina, uh, I know uh, you did tell us Jaina is listening to this right now, isn't she? I assume she is. Uh -huh. I, I, I can't speak for Jaina, but I assume she is. All right. Well, if you have any communicating to do, you've got about eight minutes to do it, and we'll be directly back to you. All right, Mike? Wonderful. See you. Let's talk to you then. All right. A private investigator, uh, investigator contract employee of uh, KFOR TV Channel 4, Oklahoma City. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from June 9, 1995. humiliation.
presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired June 9, 1995. I've got a special guest. His name, for the record, uh, is Mike. That's not his real name. He's a private investigator, a subcontractor, employee of Channel 4 Television, KFOR, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And he's here telling us about the story that he's been working on, he says, with Jaina, who is the reporter who broke all this in Oklahoma City. It's a big story, and in a lot of ways, we're just getting started. I'm going to try and take care of the commercial continuity right here at the beginning so we can shoot straight through. Coast to Coast AM is happy to announce that our website is now optimized for mobile device users, specifically for the iPhone and Android platforms. Now you'll be able to connect to most of the offerings of the Coast website on your phone in a quick and streamlined fashion. And if you're a Coast Insider, you'll have our great subscriber features right on your phone, including the ability to listen to live programs and stream previous shows. No special app is necessary to enjoy our new mobile site. Simply visit coasttocoastam.com on your iPhone or Android browser. Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think. As a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. I argue with people about disclosure time and time again. I've told them governments are not going to come out willingly to tell us it's going to happen by a mistake, it's going to happen by a whistleblower, but it's not going to be an organized thing. Governments won't do that. And the reason why they won't do it is because they do not want us to know. They think that they'll lose control of us if we know. If you actually truly believe that we were being visited by extraterrestrials and you had categorical proof that it was happening, do you think you would listen to some of the bull that government throws out all the time? Absolutely not. You'd look toward the heavens, you'd say there's got to be a better way, and you would start doing your own thing. And you would forget all about government control and everything else. So the bottom line is government will never ever disclose the true facts of UFOs. Now we take you back to the night of June 9th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Good morning, I'm Art Bell. This is Coast to Coast AM. My guest is Mike, a private investigator a subcontract employee for Channel 4 uh, Television, KFOR, the station that has uh, uh, broken the story about John Doe number 2. Last hour, we got a graphic description of how he's collected the evidence, the steps that Mike has gone through, 
And uh, so here he is once again. Mike, are you there? Yes, I am, Mark. So, um, so here you are, this large collection of videotapes, of IDs, of witnesses. In other words, you guys think you've got John Doe number two. Well, we, we, we have an individual that definitely looks a lot like John Doe number two. There's, there's no doubt about that. Can you, can you, how much can you tell us uh, about this individual? And, and are you not afraid you'll spook him? Or do you want to? Absolutely not. Uh, absolutely not. I just want to, uh, any questions you have, I, I, I'd like to answer you. Uh, you might just throw them at me, and I don't know, you know what I can answer until then. I, I, we have quite a bit of information. We know who he is. We know where he works. Um, like I say, we don't know if this is John Doe number two. We're, that's where we like to get to the bottom and, and have him question, find out if he isn't. Fine. If he is, why hasn't he been arrested or questioned? And, and that's, that's where we're at right now with the investigation. So in other words, you guys are sitting there saying, look, we've fed all this stuff to the FBI. Correct. And they haven't, as far as you can tell, uh, made any, any, any moves to collect this guy up and question him themselves. I, I, I don't know if they, they have or not. I, I assume they're, you know, I assume that they're taking the information we give them and doing the, their own investigation and, and doing what they feel is right and what, you know, under the law mm. they have to do. All right. Um, try, try this one out for size, uh, Mike. In the beginning, um, they had the composite drawing of John Doe number two. They said uh, there is a second person involved. Here is the composite photograph. Then, slowly as time went on, um, that began to fade and fade, and pretty soon we were hearing stories saying, well, authorities now think there may be no such thing as John Doe number two um, at all. There may be no John Doe number two, that this was, you know, a one-man band job. And, uh, and I, I'm still hearing that, really. Um, I've heard no renewal of interest uh, other than there through you in Oklahoma City regarding the fact that John Doe number two may even exist. Uh, that's correct. We, I, I'm not sure if he does. I, all we have to go by is, is the APBs they've put out, the information they've put out. There was the, the, the initial uh, com composite drawing of the John Doe number two. Then it was the secondary composite drawing of John Doe number two, and the looks changed a little bit. Then we came up, or the FBI came up with the uh, composite drawing of the profile, which to me, uh, makes a lot of sense because we have been able to confirm that there is actual surveillance tape from the buildings, the surrounding buildings. There, that that that's confirmed and that has been reported. Have you seen it? No, sir, I haven't seen it. And if I did, I can tell you actually are. Um, are there, uh, without telling me what they are, is the only way I know to ask this question, uh, Mike. Are there a lot of things that you know about this story that you can't tell me right now? Uh, yes, yes, it's definitely fair to say that. Um, you're going public then. You would state your reason for going public on this or coming on, on the program with me is because you are dumbfounded uh, at, at the fact the FBI has not yet made any moves or... You want to force the issue, or no, sir, not at all. But <clears throat> the reason I, I went public with you is, is this simple fact: um, we uh, we heard of comments made on the show, and with people not knowing or, or not in the know, and making assumptions. And if, if the story is going to be told to whatever extent it can be told, at least let the facts come out so you know firsthand, so there is no questions. 
I'm very careful. I don't say anything I shouldn't say. Um, and, and to let you know, look, if, if, if people want to talk about it, it's America. These are Americans that died in this building. There were kids. There That's were right. mothers, fathers. That's right. And bottom line is the truth has to come out, period. And to be completely honest with you, if I'm on the right track and I, if I am on the wrong track, I put a lot of time, effort, sweat, fear. Uh, mm. You know, and this is, if this is true, if this gentleman we do have on surveillance tape ends up by some chance being John Doe number two, the fear factor just increased a thousandfold because we've been dealing with somebody at that point, you know, who, 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 who could have done such a, a terrible atrocity to, to America, to, to America itself. Are you, um, or has Jaina expressed, um, Fear for your own lives. Uh, you you can't help but if I told you no, I, I would be arrogant. I'd be lying to you for the simple fact that, of course, we're we're fearful. This is the worst terrorist attack on American soil in history, and to think that a reporter and a PI, if it turns out our our situation or our investigation be the investigation that breaks this thing, and our guy ends up being arrested for it. The FBI might have eventually got it, but they wouldn't have got it without us to, at this point, I don't feel. So we would be the, you know, kind of the catalyst, um, causing, you know, causing the investigation. In so the as far as you know, the FBI wasn't on to this guy until you put him on to this guy, is that right? That is correct. As far as I know, that's, that's, that's how we were led to believe. You know, and, and again, when you went to the FBI and you said, all right, we've done all this stuff, we've got the story, and you were feeding them information and had been, in, but, but you come to them at some point and say, we want to run the story or we're going to run the story, you've got a problem with it, they call you back 20 minutes later and say, no, go ahead and run it. Correct. And they were also asked at that time if, look, are we on the wrong track because we don't, you know, we don't want to wrongly accuse or initiate in a federal investigation on an individual if, if we're on the wrong track. So, in other words, if we're on the wrong track, tell us that. Right. We'd like to back off, and, you know, I do surveillance for a living. I'd rather get back and watch watch uh, workers' comp surveillance or something. I mean, it's, you know, much safer, one, uh, it's normal as far as normal everyday activities, and this is out of the norm. It's out of the norm both for Jaina, everybody at Channel 4, and myself, we were kind of thrust in the middle of this, and being, you know, red-blooded Americans, we're not going to give up till we're told to back off, till we're told we're wrong, or till this gentleman's arrested. Period. There, we we are going to get a resolve on this. So then, the FBI came back to you, and in essence, said, "We're not going to tell you you're on the wrong track. We're not going to tell you you're on the right track. We're just going to not comment." Or how did they come back? Basically, they're. Their general term that they use, and, and I can't blame them for them at all, is they will neither confirm nor deny. They will neither confirm, they will neither deny there is or there isn't. They will neither confirm uh, that they're using the tapes we're giving them. Uh, we oh. can only assume. Okay. Did they express any hesitation that you're going with the story, or Channel 4 is going with the story, might spook the guy? Not by their words, I, I, absolutely not. Uh, they were, they were, I'm sure, careful in the words they chose. Uh, but they basically, they had no objections with the story, and to for us to do what we feel we had to do, or for the news channel to do what they feel they had to do, and they had no objections. Okay, without asking you a lot about the person's identity, would it be your impression that if the person you suspect may be John Doe number two is John Doe number two, 
that there might be an international connection to the bombing? Yes, sir. That was a yes. That was a yes. My my personal professional knowledge in this, with if this individual were videotaping, is involved, my opinion would be a yes. Well, that would utterly and completely change the nature of the story. And also, I might add, Mike, if that would be true, it would increase the danger, uh, or certainly would have, for Jana and for yourself, at least up until this moment. Now, going public in the way you're going public actually may lessen the danger. Yes, sir. I'm sure that's occurred to the both of you. Yes, sir. Yes, without a doubt. I, I, without a doubt. But and and that's neither that's neither here nor there as far as our motive. Our motive is sincere. In that we we want to do what we want to do. I personally know people, relatives of friends of mine, who have been pulled over in more than one state as of within 30 days because they look like John Doe number two and and questioned in detail in multiple states, yet, you know, there must be some method to the madness as far as the investigation. And, and I'm not an FBI agent, nor, mm -hmm. nor could I be. The fact is, you know, by them not questioning him up to this point, clearly to me, we, we must be on the right track to a point, you know, to a certain mm -hmm. truth in what we're saying. All right, look, I'm going to keep pushing, and when I push too far, you just let me know, and I'll back away. All right. Uh, you said... If this John Doe number two is John Doe number two, that it would be an international connection. Yes, sir. To what nation? I'd rather not say. Okay, that, that's, <laughs> that's where the line came. That's fine. Um, what I would now like to do, Mike, is to let my audience get involved and ask you questions. Wonderful. And uh, again, w you know, you can handle their questions the way you've handled mine. When you get one you can't handle, just say I'm sorry, I can't answer that, or whatever, and and we will understand. I mean, you're in a very tough position. I, I sympathize uh, with where you are in this investigation at this point, and I really want to thank you for coming on, because this story has been driving me up a tree for days. That uh, makes two of us, Art, I'll tell you. Well, and, and more days, I suspect, for you, my friend. You bet. You bet. All right, Mike, uh, let's try a few phone calls, see what happens. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Yeah, Art. Hello. John Doe, number three, I believe, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. My name, real name no. is Bill. I all live right, Bill. in Portland, Oregon. Portland, all right. KEX. I tell you, this guy mentioned earlier a lot of nerve, Mike. Uh, I think you're falsely building the hopes of the families out there in, in Oklahoma City. I hope you got some good grounds to stand on this. Well, sir, if you were listening to the last hour, were you? I've been listening to the last 20 minutes. At the least. last 20 minutes. Uh, that's not enough. Um, during the last hour, he described in, in some great detail the specific grounds he's built this on. Yeah. They've got a lot of witnesses, or several witnesses, who have made detailed, um, big lineup IDs of this individual. Uh huh. So this is not a story um, wavering on matchsticks. And if Art, if I can kind of interject something here too, Bill. Um, to let you know, we uh, the channel, the news channel, has had a lot of uh, support from a lot of the, a lot of the families of the victims, and they want to know the truth. Period. Here in Oklahoma, everybody wants to know the truth. Um, there's things that you know I can't say on the show, but some of the families of some of the victims are involved in in certain aspects of this investigation that we're conducting. So there's there's no doubt. Um, 
you know, these people suffered a great loss, the families, and we really feel for them. That's why we're so careful to, you know, second sourcing it isn't good enough. We source things three times, four times, as, four, as many times as we can source them. And, Bill, I, I agree with you that you've got to be careful about the victims' families, but I'll bet one thing, Bill, I bet they want to know the truth, don't you think? Well, we as Americans want to know the truth to the bottom line of this. I mean, that was a sad, sad situation, and, and a lot of involvement in it was pointed fingers in all different directions, and the Americans were the last to be believed to be the ones to be doing it. And uh, now back, we're back to stage one when it originally uh, I agree. forecasted of you know foreign involvement. I agree. And, and we think, and I think anyway, and Mike seems to agree, that that could be the, the reason why, A, the FBI is very cautious... <laughs> about making any move, uh, and B, why other media outlets have been so cautious about uh, picking up on the story. Exactly, and that's why I'm hoping that this guy's got all his ducks in a row and all his I's dotted and his T's crossed before he, he makes his accusations that they got this guy. Well, he's actually not making an accusation, uh, Bill. Thank you. Uh, you are turning this information, or have turned it over, to the FBI, and if there's any... Um, uh, a questioning to be done or um, arresting to be done, it will be the FBI that will do it, right, Mike? That is correct. Everything that I have not told uh, any, I have not told you, Art, in any of this conversation, nothing that has not been made public record via Channel 4 News Channel. And before it gets put public record, it's, it is given to the FBI, and uh, it doesn't go on the air without them being let know we, that they plan to take it on the air and um, give a blessing or a request not to put it on the air and, and, and to go from there. So, All right, let, I'm going to ask another one uh, that's in questionable territory. Is there anything yet that Channel 4 has wanted to put on the air that the FBI asked them not to? I, I, I really can't answer that, Art. Because you don't have the knowledge or because you shouldn't? Um because I'd rather not, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, all right. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Good morning. Oh, Art, this is Craig from Lawton. Lawton, Oklahoma. Yes, Craig. Uh, Mike, uh, are you aware of any of the accusations coming out of KPOC out of Ponca City that the uh, ATF may have had McVeigh under surveillance before the bombing? Uh, Lost, have you heard anything about that? Across Craig, I'd, I'd rather not even comment on, on that. It's It's... it's Okay, it's a completely different area here, and and you know um, I, I'd rather not say whether if I even know anything about that. Okay, uh, well, good work up there. Keep it up. All right, thank you, uh, thank you very much, and uh, we may have time for one more before the bottom of the hour. On the wild card line, you're on the air with Mike. Hi. Hi. Um, my question is: Does he know if there is a big American connection? In other words, it was it. Uh, was it an American and a foreign agent? All right. Um, yeah, that's good. Well, I guess the question's answered in a way. Uh, we already, or the FBI, I'm sure, already thinks they know about the American connection portion of it. What you're contending is that this uh, this individual, if he is John Doe number two, would mean an international connection. So would that mean, Mike, would you be willing to extend that and say that means it's some kind of joint operation well at where we're at right now with it art as far as our investigation what the fbi has i don't know um where we're at you know we're 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 just to the point that we have enough eyewitnesses and, and people that we've been able to source a few times over to really nail him 
as far as eyewitnesses. You know, we have eyewitnesses that without a doubt that we're 100% we back or they back and I back. Um, so you think you've got the right guy. The question is, would that represent a sort of a a deal between the devils? Is that what you're suspecting? I, I'm not, I'm, we're not even at that point in the, in the investigation or for the simple matter that... All right, all right Mike, hold that thought. Sure. We'll, we'll get right back to it after the bottom of the hour break. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. Good morning. My guest is a man named Mike, not his real name. He's a private investigator, subcontractor uh, of Channel 4 Television, KFOR, working with Jana Davis on the story since the bombing. They think they've got John Doe number 2 nailed. We'll talk to Mike again in a moment. Listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. Back now uh, to Mike. Mike, there are several faxes that have come in. Um, Here's one, for example, from Rick. I'd like to know if Mike has any idea whether John Doe Number 2 may be operating on his own or behalf of another government. I, I couldn't answer that, Art. I really couldn't. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. All right. We've still got a little feedback here. Uh, uh, getting feedback again? Yes, All right. What will help is if you get real close to that phone and speak up real loud. Okay. How's that? Much better. All right. All right. Um, did Mike keep copies of the data that he gave to the FBI? Absolutely. So, in other words, uh, you can back up what you claim you've given the FBI with videotape. Absolutely. Everything that I've told you I have, that I have on videotape or that Jana Davis gave to, uh, uh, you know, or ha she has on videotape, we have uh, definitely backed that up All right. a few times over. All right. From Rebecca in Houston. Art, the lack of interest on a national basis still makes me incredibly angry. As of last night, I heard the same Texas State Network talk show host refer to you, me, I guess, as someone who fell hook, line, and sinker for a hoax. The nonchalance of the FBI is incredible. They certainly arrested McVeigh, detained the Michigan guys with less information than it seems that they have on the Iraqi national. 
what about those fellows who like to drink uh, that the FBI tracked all over the U.S. and detained? It boggles the mind to think they've not detained this fellow. This story still stinks. Rebecca Houston, is there something about this story to you, Mike, that stinks? Uh, Rebecca, I, I tell you, I, I can't say anything stinks about it. This is my backyard here, and um, for the simple reason is I have faith in our government. I have faith in our federal law enforcement. And, um, you know, I, I, I do have faith, and I, I know they're, they're going to do the right thing. I know the American people are going to find out who did this. It might be a while. I, I hope it's not, because if it's a while, you know, Jana Davis and I are going to continue our investigation until he's either released, you know, cleared and released by the FBI, or arrested, or whatever. We're going to follow this to the end. So we want closure. We really want closure. We're doing it for the closure. We, 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 we've... Uh, Mike, uh, I know you can't speak uh, officially for them, but would you say to this point, Channel 4 uh, in Oklahoma City is standing by the details of their story as, as they have presented your investigation? They're standing by it? Absolutely, 100%. Uh -huh. All right, let's take some more calls. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Good morning. Hi, this is Dave in Monterey. Yes, Dave. Um... I just don't know where to begin. I think it's dangerously close to yelling fire in a, a crowded movie theater. Uh, notoriously bad are these eyewitness accounts, and that's all that you're substantiating and basing this story on. How can you sit there and say that uh, this this note, this John Doe number two, was in fact a, a Iraqi or whatever the news story was? He hasn't said that. Um, uh, they're saying they've identified John Doe number two based on several independent witnesses um, picking him out of a, uh, a substantial lineup. But he's back, backing up K-4's uh, statement that it was a uh, Iraqi colonel in the Army. Well, now... I'd like him to address that point about there being a colonel. All right, good. Let's do that. Okay, as far as the statement of being a colonel, that was not made. It, the, what we have been able to confirm here in Oklahoma City through our various information, and it, it has been sourced at more than one, more, you know, more than one individual. We sourced this through people in the knowledge. This was not sourced through eyewitnesses. This was sourced from people that would be in the know. This gentleman was in the Iraqi army in Desert Storm, for a fact. That has been sourced. That was one of the things we sourced so thoroughly. So, all right, so you stand by that. This Absolutely. Man, this man was in the Iraqi army, and uh, I had it that he fought in the war under Saddam Hussein against the United States. Absolutely. I, we have not confirmed rank. We, we do not know. We don't know exactly what his military occupational specialty was. We do not know. We just have confirmed, you know, from people that would be in the know, not uh, somebody that overheard, but we've gone to sources and confirmed that he was definitely in the uh, Iraqi army military and did fight in Desert Storm and he was one of matter of fact uh, he was one of the ones that uh, was captured well Mike um, there have been a lot of people who have been after me uh, with the same kind of rhetoric that this man just came after you with uh, that were you know fire on a theater um, this is a big hoax uh, you heard Rebecca Rebecca's facts and I've been holding on to this story like red meat and pursuing it, and uh, again, I want to thank you for coming on the air and uh, verifying so many aspects of it. Um, let me try this question, uh, Mike. What is your opinion of the bomb of the bomb or bombs theories? In other words, two blasts, ten seconds apart. Bob from Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, have you touched on that aspect of it at all? To be honest with you, Art, I, I haven't even wanted to go that aspect. 
um, for this simple reason. We're we're not doing the investigation to find out, you know, the the details of it. Um, we're just wanting to, you know, there is a missing, at least, you know, it was reported, the FBI's reported, their latest report was they're looking for three to five individuals. It's what they last reported here in Oklahoma City. And, you know, one of them being this John Doe number two, which, you know, that's that's the only track we're going on. Mm-hmm. Our, we're not going anywhere else. We're All right, so the, the audience then would be well advised to confine their questions to you, to your investigation of who you'd believe, uh, believe to be John Doe number two which is a totally non-trivial matter considering what we think we know about him. Wildcard Line 2, you're on the air with Mike. Hi. Uh, good morning, Mike and Art. Um, I'm in, in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I threw away my sketches of John Doe Number 2 about three weeks ago when I heard that they had found and uh, questioned the uh, uh, suspected John Doe Number 2 and found that he was uh, just happened to be renting some other equipment or doing some other business at the rental place at the same time that uh, McVeigh was running the truck. All right. Um, oh, what about that, uh, Mike? Do you know anything about that? I, uh, as far as, are you trying to touch base there on uh, a certain individual you can name, or, or you, you might have lost me? There's been so many sightings across the United States uh, that... Well, all right. Um, in other words... Mike, if you have two phones uh, up, it would help a lot to hang one up. Excellent. I'm, I'm getting to that right now, Art. Okay, thank you. That right now. Um, it, it, what, what it does is it cuts down the volume that we managed to get on the air, and it's a little marginal anyway, so that'll help a lot if you hang that other one up. Um, in other words, did, to your knowledge, uh, has the FBI taken the photograph of the person you believe is John Doe number 2 into the rental agency? I, I, to my knowledge, I do not know. I know that they have taken photographs um, and done photo lineups, whether there be ones that that we have, you know, provided them or ones from surveillance tapes. I do not know, but I know they have done photo lineups. All right, um, Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Mike. Good, uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, hi, how you doing, gentlemen? Uh, I, I was wondering. I didn't see a free guy here at the beginning of the program. Was the was my information right that he was seen with McVeigh a few days? Was that confirmed a few days before the bombing? All right, I'll tell you what we're going to do, uh, caller. We'll go through all that again. If I can hold your mic past the top of this next hour, a lot more stations join the network, and there are a lot of people who have joined in the middle of this, and they're going, what the hell are they talking about? This sounds important. And so we may have to retrench a little bit at the beginning of the next hour. Can you handle that? Yeah, no problem. No good, problem. all right. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Hi. Uh, good morning, Art Libertarian Nationalist, Aurora, Colorado. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike, as Art has stated uh, a couple nights ago, the national media could cover itself on this by simply reporting it as KFOR has reported, you know, so on and so forth. I think their reluctance to touch this at all is what really smells to me. And uh, I, I don't uh, share your faith in our government. I think there's uh, something a lot more to this thing. All right. Well, um, yeah, let me rephrase what he said, Mike. Um, in the beginning, uh, right after the blast, uh, oh, my God, there were reports everywhere. CNN would say such and such a television station is reporting the following. 
And even, I can understand, for example, NBC, CBS, NBC, CNN, they might all not, you know, be able to get the people out in the field to do and cover the investigative work that you've done and verify it all and get it on the air themselves. But that certainly has never stopped anybody from reporting what another major uh, network affiliate radio, uh, radio or television station has just reported. And it is odd to me and everybody else that this has been so quiet. I just, uh, like we were talking earlier, Art, I, the ones that I'm aware of, there's at least nine there that, that, uh, that have showed interest in, by my being in the news station on a daily basis, I've, there's calls coming in continually all day long. Uh, whether, you know, whether these people are wanting to source information and wanting to, the station to, to divulge, you know, who they are and want to do their own investigation. Uh, the, the sources won't be revealed. It's, okay, look, well, that's where I think the problem is. I see. All right. Let's say I'm Bernard Shaw from CNN, and I come to you and I say, look, Mike, uh, we're a big network. We want to run with your story. We need to know what you know. Uh, we need to know about your sources. We will keep them um, as close to the chest as you have. I don't know what kind of promises uh, you've made to your sources. Maybe you can tell us that, and maybe that's why you can't do it. But if I'm Bernie Shaw, what do you tell me? It's this simple. I, we've uh, not only myself, but Jana Davis herself has has guaranteed these people absolute no, uh, you know, no no releasing of any of their information to anybody other than the FBI. Period. And it's unconditional. We cannot waver from that. Our word is, you know, our integrity and our word is all we have. And I, I commend you for standing on that. And um, then I all of a sudden think I do understand the hesitation of some of the major networks to go because you can't give them, you really can't give them what you've got, can you? No, sir. Uh, they'd have to be going on our word. And and there's been so much disinformation and misinformation out there from, you know, uh, you know, Everything out there already that you know has been reported this, that, and the other, and you know th there was the problem with the the big report on uh, rest soon to be made out in eastern Oklahoma in a religious cult area of Elohim City, and that was all over the press. And uh, there's just been so much misinformation out there. I personally, I believe they're just kind of getting a little skeptical and just watching what goes. Um, you know, I don't blame them for that. All right, um, let's see. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Good morning. Good morning, Art Meister. Where are you, sir? Uh, this is Sky in New Orleans. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Uh, first off, uh, I also would like to say I salute your fidelity to professionalism. Uh, that's good to hear in your line of work. Uh, uh, basically, mine's uh, kind of a double question, but uh, I'd like to know if, one, they, do they know how, or do you know how McVeigh and this guy here first got their... Uh, you know, uh, contact with each other and start seeing each other. And secondly, all right. Well, let's take them one at a time. Okay. Um, the genesis of their relationship. Can you comment on that at all? Uh, no, sir. I can't at this point. I will tell you that is actively part of our investigation. Uh, we're we're trying to track track that down. We're, we're working diligently at it, and you know that's of course more detailed and uh, as far as the investigative standpoint and, and time-consuming than it was to do surveillance on this gentleman. So, I, yeah, that's deeper background. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Uh, well, no, now just on John Doe number two, uh, are you aware, and I don't need any details, but are you or your people aware of him having any kind of contact uh, to and from his home country since he's been watched? You know, yeah. I, 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 to be honest with you, I, I, I'd, I'd rather not even comment with that. Uh, I'd rather not comment on it. 
Just every, 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 well, um, okay. Um, every time you say that, of course, everybody in the audience is going to be inclined to think that's kind of like saying, hey, here, read between the lines a little bit. <laughs> and that's not why I'm saying it, Art. I, I, I don't want to put any taint whatsoever towards this man's guilt or not. It's just this gentleman looks like number two. There's plenty of eyewitnesses, credible eyewitnesses. Many have been already interviewed by the FBI prior to them knowing who this gentleman was. Um, you know, I'm not going to... It's not, it's not a, a thing of, of, of nationality. It's not a thing of country to us. It's, it's bottom line. I don't care if it's my next-door neighbor. Where it goes doesn't matter. It does not matter. The point is, is, is he or isn't he involved? And right, but, but is, Mike, you... Mike, connection. Yes, Mike, but you well understand that if there's an international connection, the entire complexion of this story changes drastically. Oh, I, Art, it keeps me up at night. I mean, it's in Oklahoma, it's almost 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, yes, it's, it's a continual factor, and, and that's why we're so careful into to uh, multiple source our, our, uh, what our investigation reveals for that factor, because I do not be, want to be involved in anything, and neither does the News Channel nor Jana Davis, that would resemble anything other than 100% factual information that we can prove. I'm sure Jane is feeling a lot of pressure. Oh, no doubt. And she's uh, such a tenacious uh, reporter that she's a good uh, good team member to be on. So. All right. Um, First-time callers, area 702-727-1222. No, no, no. No name? No last, no last name, sir. We're going to try this again. We don't allow last names on the air. So give us your first name and tell us where you're calling from. Okay. My name is Mark. Right. I'm calling from Kingman, Arizona. Yes, Mark. I uh, grew up with Mike Fortier, um, uh, who is Army buddy with Tim McVeigh. And uh, I'm just wondering how he is connected in this, if you know anything that's going on with him as far as, uh, you know, he hasn't been charged with anything yet. He's supposed to testify. i just wondering how he plays in all this. Mike Fortier? Mm-hmm. Um, any comments at all, uh, Mike? Uh, basically, as, as far as I can even comment on that that I you know, would be comfortable in, in doing is um, I did a little surveillance on Mr. Fortier when he was in town, confirmed he was in town. Uh, where it went from there basically was back in Kingman, Arizona. I have not been able to, to or, nor has Jana, connect our John Doe number 2 look-alike to Mr. Fortier, if that's what you're asking. Uh, there's nothing in our investigation so far that, that has you know, connected him and into Mr. Fortier or even to Kingman, Arizona, for that matter. Mike, um, let me ask you for a percentage. Um, with all the investigative work you've done, this man that you say looks like um, a John Doe number two, from a personal point of view, what percentage of chance do you think it is that you really have John Doe number two? How high is the chance? Put, put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I can tell you this, compared to everybody else that has been questioned as John Doe number two, the likeliness and the necessity there to me that he needs to be questioned is 100%. There is more leaning towards him. Even today it was broadcast on Channel 4, some surveillance tape taken. Uh, everybody's been saying this, the actual John Doe number two has a tattoo on the upper left arm, which yes. would coincide with the latest profile, which uh, was at the left side of his face. Okay, which would make sense if he was on surveillance video. You'd get the left arm with the left side of the face if he was driving a vehicle, correct? Yes. So, 
as of today, up until this point, our guy has worn nothing but long sleeve shirts. So, as of yesterday, actually, uh, we finally got some uh, good, ideable close-up videotape that was put on the air of this gentleman's left arm, and it's clear as day a tattoo. So, I mean, the, well, I'm 100% convinced that this gentleman has to be questioned and either cleared or charged. Period. Uh, I am convinced of that 100%. Whether it's John Doe number two, I don't know. Let's say, know. let's say, just for um, the sake of it, that this guy's out there listening right now or watching Channel 4's reports, which I imagine he would be. Um, I mean, he's got to know. He's got to know that he's the one and that the investigation's beginning to get awfully close and awfully warm if not from the FBI, then from the media, and isn't that going to spook them? We're the only media, or there at Channel 4 is the only media in town that uh, knows who he is. Uh, that's it. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, I, I know, I know, but Channel 4 is saying so, well, and you're here this morning saying so. Well, here's let, let me let me let's put it this way, Art. If I I assume you know we have him under surveillance. I assume if this guy packs up and wants to drive out and leave. I can assure you that if my investigators or myself sees that, there's going to be plenty of phone calls made to people to try to put a quick hiatus on it if it happens. Um, and, in fact, of course, if he's under surveillance by the FBI, obviously if he tried to flee, uh, they'd too be on him. Sure. Like, like, sure, and if know. he's not guilty, why flee? And, you know, who knows? You know, who, who really knows on that? Can't get in his head. I wish I could. Do you think that the FBI's... Um, in effect, telling you to go ahead and broadcast, telling Channel 4 to go ahead and broadcast, might have been, from their point of view, a good idea because John Doe number 2 suspect, if he did uh, see the broadcast, would probably pack his bags and begin heading for parts unknown. You know, we're, we're assuming this man has the television set. I mean, you, you, you kind of have to know a little bit more of the, the investigation. If, if not, maybe he's got a radio, huh? Yeah, that could be. That could be. It's, it's just, you know, there, there's a lot of the uh, factors in there that we can assume and interject in there that, that I don't know. I mean, t to be honest with you, Art, this whole investigation, up to up to the point where it was breaking, made absolutely no sense. Then all of a sudden, it completely fell together. So all, all right, and that's where we'll pick up when we come back. Stay put. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from June 9, 1995.
listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. Talk radio, live, uncensored, unscreened. And this morning we're doing um, something I think very important. As you know, for the last several days we've been going round and round and round following a couple of faxes that arrived here regarding... A story on um, KFOR, News Channel 4, in Oklahoma City. And um, in, I'm going to now have to, and I excuse the earlier, the earlier audience will have to excuse me, as there are so many affiliates now joining that we've got to retrench just a little bit. I'll try and do it as quickly as possible. Basically, we got this fax, and here's how it started. Art. The lead story on Oklahoma City's KFOR, News Channel 4, tonight at 10 o'clock, actually after the basketball game, this is in the initial night of the broadcast, was a report revealing the identity of John Doe, number two. Reporter Jana Davis has worked on this story since one week after the tragedy. Davis presented witnesses who wished to remain shadowed with voice disguised who saw McVeigh and John Doe, number two, several days before the attack. One witness claims that the pair, pair drank beer at her bar in northwest Oklahoma City. She says John Doe number 2 spoke with an Iranian or Iraqi accent. Actually, that's been corrected a little by my guest. Uh, that uh, that uh, he had some sort of accent or was difficult to understand. And that they spoke an Arabic language. This also may not be so. Further research by Channel 4 identified John Doe number 2 through surveillance photos obtained by local businesses near 10th and Penn. This also is incorrect, but there are indeed surveillance photos, um, which, of course, is two and a half blocks from the A.P. Murrow building where it used to be. The report showed some three shots of John Doe number two. This is apparently now the Channel 4 story. It showed three shots of John Doe number two, but scrambled the face as he has not yet been arrested or charged. Research done by KFOR has revealed John Doe number two's name and nationality, but they did not release uh, the name at the FBI's request. The report did say the man was an Iraqi national who served in the Iraqi military during the Gulf War, Desert Storm, under Saddam Hussein. The report also said the man is and has been under FBI surveillance and that he has a tattoo on his left arm. That was the facts. This morning, I received yet another facts. More on John Doe number 2 from KFOR. As a result of Wednesday night's broadcast, a new witness has come forward to KFOR. This witness places John Doe number two four blocks from the bomb site, seconds after the blast, speeding away in a brown pickup truck. The witness said she ran from her office after hearing the blast, was almost run down by the brown Chevy pickup. She's got a real clear, she got a real clear view of the driver, John Doe number two. She describes his look as a very angry look, full of hate. After she learned of the bombing, she felt this man was involved. This witness said she recognized the man in the KFOR report, even though his identity was hidden by computer graphic. Since Wednesday, she's been with KFOR and has identified the picture of John Doe number two that KFOR has. The witness also said she's been interviewed by the FBI the day of the bombing, but when asked if she saw a tattoo on the upper left arm, she told the FBI no. KFOR then showed some full-body pictures uh, their reporter had taken of John Doe number 2. In one of them, 
He's wearing a tank top. And when they zoomed into his upper left arm, you can clearly see the tattoo. Now, um, our uh, network, in fact, I personally contacted the manager of KFOR television earlier in the day. I sent him um, a fax um, listing all of our affiliate radio stations so that he might understand that I'm for real. Uh, he was polite. We talked. Um, I suggested he fax or call me so we could get an interview with Jana Davis, the reporter who broke this story. Uh, he said it sounded interesting. I see what he would do or could do, and I heard nothing. Our network made many valiant attempts and talked to many people at KFOR television during the day. Nobody was willing to do an interview. Jana Davis is not willing to do an interview, and you may shortly understand uh, why, or perhaps you won't. Um, shortly before airtime, I connected with a person we're going to call Mike, who is a private investigator, a subcontract employee of Channel 4 Television, KFOR, in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, he says. And um, he has been uh, giving us as many details of the investigation as he's been able to. And what I'm going to ask Mike to do now, or in a moment, rather, is to kind of retrench and tell us again exactly what it is his investigation began with Jana Davis uh, shortly after the bomb went off, what that investigation has revealed about the man they believe is John Doe number 2. All of that coming up in just a moment. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. You know what? We are a wall to them. And I have a feeling that the wall is getting stronger, and it's going to be very tough for them to bust through it. But I want to warn people, because the global controllers realize power is slipping from their hands, they're going to really try to do whatever they can to try to get us back in line. And like a buck and bronco, all we got to do is throw the new world order off our back. Now we take you back to the night of June 9th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Mike, again, uh, we're back on the air, and I'm sorry I have to retrench so much here, but we've got a brand new audience at this hour, and so as I just caps capsulized... And believe me, it's a, only a capsule of what's occurred in the last two days, because I've, I've been really just uh, up a tree with this. Um, if you would, please, you're an investigator. You've been working with a private investigator. Mike is not your real name. Correct. I wouldn't expect you to give your real name. You've been working with Jenna Davis since the beginning of this. Um, uh, by the way, I, I haven't even asked you this yet. Um, how did you and Jana get together on this. Can you, can you talk about that at all? In other words, how did you join forces? Well, actually, uh, I've done work for, for uh, I own a detective agency, of course, here in Oklahoma City, and I've done work for Channel 4 on, uh, for the last four years. So uh, there's always been that uh, business relationship there, and Jana is a, a personal friend of my wife and I, and, and uh, we've worked other stories together, and it, we just kind of, you know, she's tenacious, I'm tenacious, and it, that's what it takes on a case like this, and it was it just natural. It All right, natural. Uh, that's a perfect answer, and I appreciate it. Now, um, now, Mike, if you would, capsulize for us 
how you came to the point where you are right now on my program this morning. In other words, all this investigation, what have you done? Basically, we've uh, taken some information as checkout leads, as people call the news channel up. Uh, we've tried to confirm, you know, tried to uh, see if they're good leads or not. We've, we did add a lot of bad leads, a lot of uh, things, you know, bad things that we could definitely uh, knew were, you know, learned were false. And we stuck with what we could prove and what we could confirm and triple source and, and you know, source more than once. Uh, in other words, the witnesses that Channel uh, 4 put on television, for example, in Shadow, um, I've got to run you back through this. You sat them down with um, as many as 20 photographs in a lineup, and you had them pick out, um, using very careful methods, uh, you had them pick out, and they did pick out this one photograph of this person you believe to be John Doe number 2. They picked this out, right? Uh, more than one, actually. Uh, we showed them approximately, uh, depending on the witnesses, but on average we showed 40 to 50 pictures. And out of 40 to 50 pictures, there were only approximately six of those which were of our John Doe number two look-alike. So the odds of them not picking him were greater than the odds of them picking him. Of so, course. So, um, you know, every one of the witnesses picked him out. You're pretty confident uh, then uh, about that aspect of it. In other words, this is, uh, this is the same guy each one of the witnesses picked out, right? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, so, so now you think you're on the track of John Doe number two. John Doe number two, uh, you verify, have verified for us, was a member of the Iraqi army. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that is correct. A member of the army who fought uh, against um, U.S. forces in Desert Storm. Correct. And you have gathered all of this video information and I presume some stills, and you've been doing surveillance on this John Doe number two, and you've given all of this stuff to the FBI. Yes, sir. The FBI, and then, and then you went to the FBI, I guess uh, Channel 4 did, and you said you were in on those conversations, and said, look, we want to go to air with this. We want to broadcast this. You guys have any problem with it? Correct. And they said... They said do it. They said they had no uh, objections to them airing the show or airing any of the pieces. Before each piece is put on the air, the FBI is contacted and, and let know, you know, what is going to be put and, you know, give them a chance to say, hey, don't put that on the air. It might screw up an investigation or you guys are completely on, you know, on the wrong track. And, and one thing you have to realize here, are your, 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 your listeners have to realize is the news station that's doing this, you know, the ratings, Nielsen ratings just came in. They swept it in Oklahoma City. They're number one in every category at every time. So you're, you're dealing with the highest credibility as far as media in town. And they have that reputation. They, 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 they are not going to put something that is not, you know, dead solid. That it, it, they don't feel in back 100%. Okay that. then, Mike. Again, uh, and we've got to retrench this one too. Uh, having said what you just said about their credibility, it brings back the question, my God, this is the NBC affiliate radio station in the very city where the bombing occurred, breaking a story saying, look, there's, uh, here we think we have John Doe number two. Uh, we think there's an international connection. We think that he fought uh, in the war against America. We think all of this, and, uh, and not one uh, major network, NBC, CBS, and so forth, has yet picked it up. Or and, and Now, you're, you've got a list of those who have now picked up the story, and it's beginning 
to grow. Read that list again. Who, who's picked it up now? Okay, let me grab my list here. But the ones that I'm aware of that have actually have copies or the transcript or, or have copies of the pieces, is uh, first is New York Times, AP Wire, UPI Radio Network, Dallas Morning News, and as of tonight, WNBC, the NBC affiliate New York City, ran the story. Right. Arizona Republic, KFYI Radio, CNN, <clears throat> NBC News Feedwire, and several, and I can't name them, but several high-ranking senators on, on the Hill have called and asked for copies of, of all this. So, um, How many of the organizations that you named that you know of have actually run the story? I, I'm not aware of the... I know, I know WNBC did for certain. Um, you have to realize, Art, we're still doing our end of the investigation. It's, I'm not the news guy. I'm the PI guy. Sure. So, I'm out there in the field just making sure, you know, in in the, you know, craziness is it, it's starting to snowball effect, starting to hit here. You know, we keep, Jane and I keep where we're at as far as the investigation. Don't lose sight of it. I personally, I don't care. I, I hope everybody gets it and wants it because the truth needs to come out. One, um, two, this is America, freedom of the press. Everybody has a right to know because... Everybody in that building that died, the families that lost uh, their loved ones, they're all Americans, and they didn't just blow up the Oklahoma, part of Oklahoma City; they blew up part of the United States. And, they sure did. And it was, it was, it's not a, you know, it's a crime against the people of the United States. Period. And and no matter what city it was, Art, I don't, you know, heaven forbid this never happen again, or I'm, you know, I I'm, I wouldn't wish this on any city. We'd be there to investigate it. It just so happened that it was in our backyard. How much investigation, how many hours do you think you put in on this so far, Mike? Easily easily 12 to 18 hours a day since wow. about the third day of the bombing. Has Jana been with you through most of it, or have you been on your own a lot? No, or? sir, we, we do everything as a team. Uh, she does her news, her news end of it, putting the package together. I help her uh, with the facts on the scripts and what have you. Uh, we're a team. Um, she knows this is one case where the right hand definitely knows what the left hand's doing. If I'm doing my investigations on my own, she knows where I'm at, what I'm doing. I know where she's at, what she's doing. We coordinate everything. We do everything together as a team, you know, when possible. We interview everybody together. There's never a question, and there's always a third party, like a cameraman or another individual there to witness, and it's always on film. So All right, Mike, uh, for, for the late audience, I need to ask again. Um, I know that you obviously communicate frequently with Jana. What is her attitude about your doing this this morning? Didn't ask her art, and... You're assuming I've talked to her since. That's true. <laughs> uh, you're, 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 well, I, I presume that she knew about it before you did it, and I, I was wondering if she was apprehensive about it, uh, thought it was okay, or... I, I can't. I can't talk. No, no comment on that. Okay. No, no comment at all. All right. Um, I, I'm going to repeat the, the question I asked earlier. As best as you can explain it, why is Jana refusing, uh, Jana refusing interviews? Uh, no one says she's refusing them. It's, it's, I think it, it comes down to a question of, of, you know, you get so many people wanting something, and it's in until people really know your motives and what the heck's going on. Everybody's apprehensive. You know, this if this turns out to no matter what happens here on our investigation, this is still the the biggest crime story you know that there is right now. 
and uh, it, it's terrible, and it's the biggest story around, and everybody and their dog that's involved in media wants this story. You're right, and I'm, I'm glad to be getting it this morning, Mike. Uh, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Hello. Yeah, so this is Kevin from Oklahoma City. Kevin, from Oklahoma City. Yes, Kevin, speak up good and loud. The, the fellow with the phone number. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was wanting to ask him, could he, uh, you know, elaborate on the uh, report I heard of, here about the second... Middle Eastern man who was talking to McVeigh and John Doe number two, and was seen by a lot of a uh, couple of these different witnesses. Talk, and I believe this is where the Arabic came in. These two were talking in Arabic with John Doe, uh, John Doe number two, and this other man was talking in Arabic while McVeigh was standing near. Okay, in other words, that raises the prospect of John Doe number three. Right. All right, uh, Mike. Well, let's clear something. Let's go ahead and clear something up. That there was a second Middle Eastern-looking man. Oh, uh, individual, individual. Okay, let's let's just leave it as individual. Seen with John Doe number two and McVeigh. Um, now it was reported that McVeigh and these two individuals were seen. It was also reported on one occasion, and it was sourced more than once, and it just slipped my mind to even mention it. Are that McVeigh was seen speaking a foreign language, but the individual did not know what the language was and did not recognize the language. Did they characterize it? as uh, Arabic-sounding, or...? I, I don't recall how she characterized it. I think she, she just she didn't recognize the language, period. So, I, you know, that's all I can say and, and, and be honest with you. I so do you, do you think, Mike, there is a... Then, then obviously there is a John Doe number three. Well, the last... One of the latest reports, I don't know if it's the, the last report. You've you got to think it's three in the morning here. My mind is getting weak. But <laughs> one of the latest reports from the FBI was the fact that uh, they were looking for three to five individuals, possibly. So um, there's, there's really no telling how many people are actually involved in this thing. Uh, it's kind of scary to even try to put it together, to be honest with you. Well, the, the, the further you go, Mike, the more foreign it seems to get. Is that a fair statement? Um, it's fair to say that uh, the only thing really fair to say, Art, to be honest with you, would be the fact that the guy we are looking at is of Iraqi descent, period. Um, right, but what I mean is, when, when you refer then to there having been another individual, foreign individual, who spoke with what you suspect to be John Doe number two, that was definitely in a foreign language. And you, and you must not have caught me also, then. He was also, uh, McVeigh was also seen speaking in a foreign language. She just could not pick out the language. That's incredible. Um, all right, uh, first time caller line, you're on the air with Mike. Hello. Hello, this is Joanne from Hillsboro, Oregon, listening Hi. on KEX. Yes, Joanne. And I had uh, like a two-part question. All right. Uh, the first of all, I was wondering if Mike thought there was still possibly any significance to the date that the bombing happened, that it was on the anniversary of the Waco tragedy, April or if it was just coincidence. Mm -hmm. Anything on the date? Um, you know, it's it's all I hear is coincidence. I mean. I, our investigation, the date has absolutely nothing to do with it. Whether it had been that day, Christmas Eve, it, 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 it's tempting to take that date and assume that there's a reason for that date, and there might be. But but you don't know. We don't know. We 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 have nothing in our investigation that you know. There's nothing. There's as far as we're concerned, so far the guy we have under surveillance. We've found absolutely no tie to any Waco to tie. date, yeah. So there you are now. Okay, and I was wondering if either uh, you, Art, or Mike could uh, possibly speculate on either those in the FBI or those above the FBI having a motive for delaying the uh, truth of this 
information. I know that they've kind of been milking it to, you know, anti-militia and, and gun control and stuff like that. Or Yes, uh, yes, and we speculated, really I did, and Mike sort of agreed with me earlier, that uh, a lot of people may feel stung by this. The FBI, uh, with their thinking it, that it was foreign in the beginning, uh, the media itself thinking it was foreign, and uh, they, so they might be reluctant to come back to a story that might say, gee, maybe it was foreign. Fair to say, Mike? Fair to say. I definitely would not speculate on anything as far as that goes. <laughs> All right, stay right where you are. 30 more minutes and we'll be done. Mike, a PI, on the job in Oklahoma City, back in a moment. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. Presents Art Bell somewhere in time. Tonight's program originally aired June 9th, 1995. Good morning. My guest is a man named Mike, not his real name, a private investigator, working, he says, with Jana Davis on the crime story of the uh, of the decade. There's no question about it. In a moment, we'll get back to him. He's putting a good cloture on this week of talk radio. What a story it is. Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name. Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price. The package includes podcasting, which automatically downloads shows for you, and the iPhone app. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. That's over a thousand shows for you to collect and enjoy. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up. Now we take you back to the night of June 9th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. All right, uh, back now to Oklahoma City, and uh, Mike, are you there? I'm here. Well, first of all, you're a real trooper, you know, for uh, staying up this way with us. Uh, this really, really needed to get out, Mike, and I guess that's one of the reasons you're here. We all want the truth. Correct, correct. And right now, uh, the truth, as your investigation has shown, 
is leading in a very, very different direction than anything any of us have thought for a long time now. And I think, again, that accounts for the reluctance on a lot of people's part to begin going down this path again. But your evidence seems strong. I tell you, it's, it's, it's beyond strong. It's, as far as we're going on our investigation, Art, um, you, you just do the investigation and keep an unbiased, you know, objective view. And then, you know, after a day, you, you're, you're looking and you're, you're, you're looking at all your sources. And as an investigator, I kind of, I kind of have to step back once in a while and, and regroup in my thoughts and my thinking for this. I just, it's hard to imagine that if, if this, if our John Doe number two lookalike ends up being arrested and charged for this and say ultimately convicted for this. I don't want to convict the man, but I'm, you know, what, who's to say? Mm-hmm. Then the, just the the scope and and the the reality is just starting to set in not only with myself but with Jana Davis cause, because we've been able to source so many things on this that we have to catch ourselves and, and really grab on and realize that we're you know either way this goes if it goes by the wayside it was a hell of an investigation and we we were very thorough fine if it goes the way. You know, it, it looks to be going to me. Uh, then, you know, I, I just can't imagine the scope. And, you know, I was trying to compare it to something, you know, relative to this. And the only thing I can almost think of would be like the Bernstein uh, Woodward Watergate deal. I mean, and I would think this is a hell of a lot higher in scope, you know, personally in my mind. Um, I would agree. Than that. And it is. It, just, uh, it, it, is, in, it, it is, Mike, in its own way, every bit as big. Now. Um, I'm, I'm going to mention this, and I wonder if it's occurred to you, Mike. I'd heard there was a $2 million reward leading to the arrest and conviction of, uh, or something like that, of uh, John Doe number 2. Uh, are you aware of that? Oh, we're aware of that, correct. That, that hasn't crossed our mind. W- would that end up being a million for Jana and a million for, for Mike? Actually, I, I, I wouldn't even phantom it. My luck never goes that way, but I, I would tell you. Art, we have discussed, you know, you know, if that possibility, and we've already, if we would get anything out of it, we've already decided that we would split it evenly amongst the witnesses that came forward, period. And that would be that. Uh-huh. There might be some, uh, have you already, um, have you have you made the witnesses aware of that? Yes, sir, we have. You have. Um, that might... well, I tell you what, I take that back. We've made one witness one aware of witness that. One witness aware of We've gotten right. real close with one witness, and one of the primary witnesses that just put us on the road to this direction, and... And uh, we, we've made that person aware that, look, you know, if, if this breaks, it's yours. The other ones, they have no idea. And I, to be honest, I'd rather keep them out of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, you just you want to try to be sure, I suppose, that you don't have a monetary consideration for testimony. Absolutely not. Uh-huh. Absolutely. All right. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Hello. Oh, hi, Art. Hey, this is Jimmy on KRAE in Cheyenne. Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yes, sir. I want to ask three quick questions. All right. Okay, one, if this is the guy... Why is he still there? Two, if this is a guy, how come the FBI hasn't picked him up yet? And three, who stole the 3,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate fertilizer from that farm store a couple weeks ago? All right. Um, uh, Well, let's see. um, If this is the guy, why is he still there? Any guesses, Mike? In other words, why isn't he uh, split for the hills? If that's the case, I mean, why hasn't he left up to this point? I mean, uh, the stories have been run on this thing since Wednesday. I don't know. You know, I really can't get in this man's mind. I really wish I could. I uh, there's there's things in this investigation I, I cannot say, but I, I can tell you for fact that I have personally, when 
seen this gentleman when he thought anybody was looking at him anywhere in public, he covers his face. I mean, I don't know. I can't get into his mind. Man, I wish I could. All right. Why hasn't the FBI moved, picked him up? Best guess. I don't know. I, I think the scope of the investigation is, is wider than just him. You know, uh, when you think the last report was anywhere from three to five individuals. We so, in other words, they might be waiting for him to, uh, uh, to make contact um, and lead them uh, further down the trail. Or in their own investigation, possibly find, you know, the brains behind it, what have you, and go from there. That's, that's all I can think on that. All right. Um, and, caller, uh, the last question was about a shipment of uh, ammonium nitrate. All right. Somebody stole 3,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate fertilizer from a farm store in Oklahoma about, about two weeks ago, I think. About two weeks ago. All right. Well, that's after the event. I'm aware of the report of it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, as in, you know, my only opinion on that, as in any... Hold on. All right. Hold okay. it. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, I thought I heard somebody at my front door. It had me worried there. I see. Uh, my opinion, as in any uh, other crime or what have you that has happened in the past, um, you know, I, I I don't know. Maybe you know, it's a maybe it's an idea. It gave somebody some sick individual or a group of individuals. I have no idea. All right, I'm gonna. This is more ground that we've covered earlier, but your your, your possible visitor at the door brought it to mind, and that is your safety and that of Jana's as well. It is my dog at the window. That's my a, goodness. That's, okay. Okay, that's good. Um, uh, glad to hear it. Uh, but but in fact, if there are deep international connections to this story, in the early stages of your investigation, uh, Mike. Uh, there certainly would have been great personal danger uh, for the two of you, and I'm sure that occurred to you. Oh, it, it, it has, and we discussed it. We feel um, that since, you know, it's come out on TV, if there turns out to be, we, I think we've helped our, you know, helped make it more broad and more aware, and, and I think we've helped our chances on safety by coming out, to be completely honest with you, personally. Yes, yes. oh, I, I couldn't agree more. First time caller line, you're on the air with Mike. Uh, good evening, Art. Good evening, where are you? I'm calling from Wichita. Wichita, Kansas, all right. Yes, and I'd like to find out if Mike knows um, this person uh, that they think is number two. Um, would he have been out of the area today at all? that he knows of, uh, like I, I'm saying visiting or traveling or another, maybe in another, another, In other words, was he out of um, Oklahoma City, uh, you're talking about the day that has just passed, last 24 yes. hours? Yes, just this yesterday. Any comment? Uh, I can tell you, I know as of early in morning, um, as of yesterday early morning till about oh five thirty that I am personally aware of uh, he was in the Oklahoma City metro area so that's all I I can I can comment on that up and until about five thirty that's that's when I personally pulled off surveillance okay just wondered um, had a visitor in the shop where I work yesterday and um... all right ma'am well the answer is obviously uh, apparently uh, not who you thought it might be west of the Rockies you're on the air with Mike. Hello, Art. Calling from San Diego. Two quick questions. First, Mike, KFOR-TV has a homepage on the World Wide Web on the Internet. 
However, it has not been updated since May 29th. Is there any chance that you know of that some of this material you've been generating, even the transcripts of the broadcast in question, will be put up there anytime soon for a worldwide audience? I, I to be honest with you, that's that's out of my realm. I have no idea. I'm just a little lonely PI that does the surveillance investigation. I, as far as the news end, I, I don't handle any of that. Mike, has it basically been you and Jaina, or do you have people that work for you? Uh, has it been a, a, even a further group effort than we're aware of? Oh, it's been a complete news channel effort. Uh, there's, there's been team coverages on because Dana can't cover every angle. There's been other reporters covering other sections of it. Uh, as far as the investigation on number two, it's basically been Jane and myself and another uh, reporter named Brad Edwards, who's a very diligent and experienced reporter. He's been working on it also. Uh, but it has been a group effort. <clears throat> I have employees, but to be completely honest with you, I want to keep my employees completely out of this and not put them in any possible Danger. harm way. I under, in harm's way, yeah. Um, I want to give you a chance to respond to the people that are saying this is some big hoax, and Channel 4 and you and Jaina and um, the whole group are doing nothing but perpetrating a hoax. It's such a horrible, terrible um allegation to make, and I don't believe it for one second, but what would you say to him, Mike? I, I, would, I would put it this way. It's, it's our backyard. Uh, there would be absolutely nothing for myself or the news channel to gain if it was anything but 100% something we would stand by. They're already the number one news channel in the this area. Why would they do a hoax? They're already at number one. And why would they put all this at risk? Their reputation would be at risk. I, I can assume, just like Woodward and Birdstein, way back when, uh, with the Post, um, there must have been some pretty serious sit-downs between yourself, Jaina, and the management before this thing went to air, right? Art, these, these, these still go on daily. It, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, we do our checks. I know management does their own checks. I do my personal checks. Jaina does her own. It is a team effort, and everybody is 100%. I mean, they, News Channel 4 stands behind Jaina, our investigation, the story, 100%. They're not taking anything back right now. Absolutely no, not, because everything has been checked so thoroughly before it ever got to that point. There's so much of this art that you don't even know. I know. And once it, if it breaks, it's... You just heard a, a, a fraction of it, and the most interesting part is still what I can't tell you. I, I imagine that easily. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Hello. 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 I'm Fred. Well, where are you calling from? San Antonio. All right. Uh, I'm curious about the uh, status of the uh, brown pickup truck. Do you know where it is, Mike? All right. Can you tell the story of the brown pickup truck and then tell us what you know, Mike, about where it might be now? Certainly. Um, I can tell you that within minutes after the uh, the bombing on April 19th, there was an all-points bulletin put out, which was broadcast on KFOR-TV, for um, a brown pickup, late model, smoked windows, tinted windows, and a smoke-colored bug screen with uh, at least two Middle Eastern-looking male occupants. That went on for a few hours, and for some reason it was taken off the APB. There were numerous... You know, over scanner traffic, you hear numerous people being pulled over in brown trucks. It kind of disappeared after a day or so. It kind of fell off the media. Uh, then it was kind of brought back into the picture when they originally, the media, or the FBI originally started investigating Fortier and said his truck, that cream-colored one, had ammonium nitrate in it, and then it was kind of thrust back into the picture. So that made us wonder, and we went back, and we, we, we went from there. Uh, 
We don't know where the truck's at. I personally don't. I know Jaina doesn't know. Uh, we can tell you that with the new eyewitness that came forward in, in fear and, and was scared, but what knew was, it was something she felt in her heart she had to do. Audience needs to know this is a new witness new they're hearing about right now, one who was damn near hit by this brown pickup truck, and she saw the driver, and she has now ID'd that driver, identified that driver to, um, uh, uh, to Mike and to KFOR, as the suspect that all these other witnesses have confirmed is the su suspect, correct, Mike? Correct. And she came forward after the Wednesday, uh, the initial airing on where KFOR decided to go ahead and put the, the pictures up, but mosaic the face out. She recognized him by hair and said, that looks like the hair. And before we ever did the lineup, Jana did an in-depth, probably hour-and-a-half interview with the woman where she described this guy to detail with this as well before ever seeing the pictures and then when the pictures came out she picked out six out of probably 40 i think 45 to 50 photos six of which were of our number two look alike the others were which of different american middle eastern uh looking men you know various men and uh she picked the six of this guy out uh one of which the strongest resemblance you might recall are the most strongest uh the most current uh composite drawing was that left side profile Right. Well, in my surveillance video, I have a perfect left side profile of this number two lookalike. And if you superimpose one image, if you superimpose the still shot from the video to the composite drawing as Jaina has done, it is, it is, it is eerie. The outline, the nose, the brow. And if you recall on the profile, if you look at John, John Doe number two's ears, they're kind of slanted and lower to the left. Oh, almost the way, almost the way Alfred Hitchcock used to walk into the shadow of his own right. image. Right, and, and he has offset ears are, are odd on, on the composite. It is it is an eerie, eerie likeness. It's All right, something and, you have to see. And again, for the audience, your presence with me this morning is because of the talk on this station, on this network, I should say, uh, over the last couple of days. And um, the powers that be have consented in your being here, correct? Correct. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Oh, thank you for taking my call, Art. Let me get my radio. Yes, please. Uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Oakland. Okay, you're going to have to speak up good and loud. Okay. Um, first of all, I heard uh, a couple of callers called into CNN. Has anyone called you and told you that? And asked about it and gave your name and said that they heard it on your show. And they were asking if CNN had heard anything. In fact, there were two callers that called. Well, them. now they've heard a lot more, haven't they? Of course. And the only other thing I want to say to you, and please take this from my heart, because I worry about you because you're so important to us. One thing that you might think about is this terrorist bill that just passed, and the way that they're claiming people are malicious. Please be careful because we do need you. And I don't really want to ask any questions, but to our audience, Please don't get emotional and let the regular course of the law take its way because we need this man. Thank you, well, Mark. Well, thank you. Uh, there is no other way for it to occur. And uh, what Mike is trying to do is to assist the, the course of the law taking its proper course. Right, Mike? In other that words, is it. We just want to get to the truth. In other words, you've turned everything, everything over to the FBI. Or, or, or there's a good question. Is there anything you've held back at all? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Matter of fact... We have turned absolutely everything that we can't see. If we see something that, well, there could be a tie, we keep it in our packet. We might not get to use it. We still turn it over to them, even though it might not have been on TV. And there's quite a bit that has not been on, you know, put on the show public yet that, that they do have. So 
Uh, we're cooperating 100%. They have our assurances on that. They can call us anytime, and they have. And all right, you've alluded to how much bigger this story is and, and, and all that we don't know and that you're unable to tell us. Can you tell me this? When, in your best estimation, will some of these larger events begin to be public? I, I will tell you this. If number two is taken, if number two lookalike is taken into question for questioning or arrested, they will be put public then. All right. Um, west of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mike. Hello. Hello. Yes, who is this? Art Bell. Art? Yes. How can you, are you be, when you're out talking on the TV? Listen, uh, ma'am, I don't have much time here, so... Um, uh, well, I want to tell you that this p p uh, private detective is telling the truth. Oh, I'm, I'm quite certain he is, ma'am. Uh, because I heard this the day after, uh, not the private detective, but about the... Uh, okay, you want to hear this? I've been trying to get you since after the day of the bombing. You're going to have to do this very quickly. Please go ahead. I'm going, okay. I was channel hopping. You know, it was uh, three. It was no one thirty. We're Thursday running out morning. of. I found Pat Robinson. Never watch him. I stopped at the channel. All right, I, I've got to go. I'm sorry. She's just not making her point quickly enough. Uh, Mike, um, we're running out of time here, and. Um, I just, I don't know how to thank you. It's been a very difficult uh, several days for me, and I can only imagine many weeks now uh, for yourself and for Gina. Is there anything you want to tell everybody out there as we wind this up? Yes, I do. Uh, basically, um, just to, to remember, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a country issue. It's not a, a nationality issue. It's an issue of a crime. We're not, uh, not for people not to look at it as, as you know, you know, somebody from another country possibly, you know, could be involved in this. It's it's not that. It's it's just about justice. Period. And no matter who might be, like I said earlier, Art, if it was my neighbor, it wouldn't matter to me. I mean, it's 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 nothing but but about the truth. And I wanted to come on the show because some comments were made and some things were being made that were were untrue. And I thought, well, if you're going to go ahead and talk about it, you might as well talk about the truth because that's how things get twisted out. And uh, you're the only talk show that we've talked in depth, you know, period about. And, and um, well, Mike, I think uh, your listeners would appreciate that. I do appreciate it. We're going to stay on this story. It's obvious you're going to stay on this story. And, Mike, I'll stay in touch with you. When more breaks, we'll talk with you again. Wonderful. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for your time. Good morning. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. A lot to digest, huh, folks? That was some three hours. I will take comments on uh, what's been heard. You're welcome to say whatever you like. Uh, this being an unscreened talk show, um, 
you know, within legal bounds and no bad language and all that, but beyond that, uh, you may comment as you will on the previous three hours, and I, I'm sure that you will have comments. It provided um, some satisfaction for me in being able to draw some sort of closure and understanding of what we've been talking about for the last several days. It raises incredible issues. Uh, the possibilities are tremendous. It's a gigantic story, and I think you've just heard as much as there is to hear on it. Uh, render your own judgments. Now, some other news, and then we'll get the phone lines open again here. I thought you should hear this. Came in in the last half hour. Hi, Art. I know it's a bit off subject, but I thought you ought to be interested. I just talked to my wife, who is working at the moment. She is a 911 dispatcher. I know the job, sir. They have been receiving numerous calls from people in the vicinity of Reno, Nevada, all reporting an object streaking through the sky, possibly impacting in the Hallelujah Junction area near the Nevada-California border. The calls she received were from points all around the Reno area, including Geiger Grade, Mount Rose, areas in Lassen County. It was described as meteor-like, and two of the reports claimed a yellow flash as it disappeared over the mountains. I was wondering if any of your other listeners in the Reno area have seen an object like this, and if so, could they relate what they observed over the air? Uh, that's from Jim in Reno. Thank you, Jim. And so there it is. It's out. Otherwise, the news of the day is um, probably, in, in many respects, less than we have just given you in the last three hours. <laughs> Captain O'Grady, of course, it's wonderful that he's back. And the story of how Captain O'Grady was able to hide from the enemy is nothing short of incredible. And uh, irrespective of... A lot of questions about why his plane was hit by a missile, which, by the way, cut his airplane in half. He ejected from the front half of the airplane after the missile cut the aircraft, the F-16, literally in half. And uh, he landed, uh, uh, parachuted uh, in, and he uh, hid, hid in some underbrush, ate bugs, drank rainwater, uh, covered himself with dirt watched five armed Bosnian Serbs come by him within uh, minutes and then uh, successfully uh, hit out for six days, moved only between 12 and 4 in the morning, carefully uh, planned his radio transmissions. We'll go to the White House to meet the President Monday. The President will, I'm sure, wring every ounce of good publicity out of this. The President needs it. Newt... Uh, is in New Hampshire, as I suggested he was. Is he a candidate? Nobody knows. Is he running? Nobody knows. Will he say, no, not exactly? Says he's not running. Says he's not not running either. So, you know, who knows? Uh, Newt Gingrich in New Hampshire. The Chinese are very upset with Taiwan because of the visit of Taiwan's president. Oh, the Chinese are really upset. They said, quote, a belligerent act a wanton wound inflicted on China, almost calling it an act of war. Basically, our State Department said, oh, come on. I mean, back to the Chinese said, oh, come on. You know, it was just a private visit, not a state visit, even if Taiwanese TV portrayed it uh, as a state visit. It was not. 
So um, there's there's more in the news, but um, what we've had on in the last uh, three hours is so uh, so large in uh, in its scope that I I think that you're going to probably want to comment on that, and I'm going to allow you to do so. I'm going to hold some more of this material for the uh, remainder of the show. Uh, we're getting a late start on just open lines, and so start we shall. Now we take you back to the night of June 9th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Wild Card Line, you're on the air. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Art. I'm calling from KEX Portland. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was wondering if, if John Doe number two is legitimate, do you think the government would put him in the witness protection program and, uh, like, rat out all his buddies, maybe in the militia? Well, you know, how am I going to know the answer to a question like that? I, I have no idea. Well, okay, it's just something to think about. All right, uh, thank you. I, yeah. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Uh, how are you doing, Art Bell? This is Eugene from Morgan Hill. Now, there was one important thing overlooked. Uh, why is the identity or a general description of this guy being revealed by this press man who said obviously put his life in danger? Well, first of all, they have not yet revealed the name of the individual. All they, If you listen to what he said, is they have many witnesses, now yet another witness, who has identified this man as being John Doe number two, but nobody's revealed this man's name. Only description. Uh, that's uh, only the description, but uh, it matches. Uh, if you listen carefully, the FBI composite photograph and the tattoo, the accent, and the photograph. Don't you think that would be enough to where if somebody in Oklahoma saw somebody that fit that description, they might be asked to stalk them? Be after, be after the what? Uh, stalk him, hunt him down, and shoot him. Vigilant. Well, I, I would imagine that anybody fitting the description of somebody who might have done the bombing in Oklahoma City has been under damn careful scrutiny. Uh, that would probably apply to anybody who generally fit the description, uh, and certainly did apply, especially in the early days after the bombing. If you heard him describe it, I mean, they were they were stopping cars with people who even generally. Uh, fit the uh, uh, description early on. East of the Rockies, you are on the air. Good morning. Hey, I don't suppose you saw that new on C-SPAN tonight. Um, no, sir, I did not. Yeah, it was his first speech from uh, New Hampshire, and he did say that it will not be a debate. Him and Clinton will... They'll meet somewhere and exchange ideas. Well, now that's you know that's what I told the um, the faxer that it wasn't going to be a debate, but somehow, of course, it's getting twisted around to where it is going to be a debate now. Uh, supposedly reported by NBC, blah blah blah. So I don't know. I I think you're probably right. I tend toward leaning toward your version of the story, sir. Well, Clinton wants to get this uh, meeting at a senior citizens rally. That could get pretty ugly. Well, that'd be all right. That'd be all right. I'd I'd love to see them both in a forum it'd where they. A, it'd be a setup. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, either way, I'm going to look forward to it. And as I said, uh, try and catch New Gingrich uh, Sunday on Meet the Press. He's a very bright guy. Now, 
Maybe he'll fall down on his, uh, you know, and won't live up to his billing. But um, I would say uh, to all of you who want to know about Gingrich, watch him on Meet the Press this Sunday. And watch him under pressure and see how he does. And I will be, too. And, we'll, you know, we'll see what we think. I just happen to think Gingrich is a very, very bright guy who would be up to campaigning uh, President Clinton and would take him on and, frankly, chew him up and spit him out. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, this is Charlie, liberal in California. Yes. You know, some, you know, I look at the Republican field and uh, I get excited. It's, it's a... It is a considering you guys think Bill Clinton so weak. It is an absolutely pathetic field, an absolute pathetic field. And then you've got somebody like Newt Gingrich, who has who has higher negatives, by the way, than Pat Buchanan. Oh, uh, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> and to imagine that he could. Uh, uh, however, Charles. And in his own. Uh, however, Charles, let me stop you. Newt Gingrich is um, a very intelligent, quick, good debater. I'll tell you what he do, what do you do. You, uh, do you do you agree with that? I've never seen him in an actual debate. I'd have tried, so I don't know about that. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much: he has uh, he has no problems saying what he thinks, which I think puts him in a puts him in a lot of trouble politically. For example, when he said a few weeks Probably ago that he had he would have no like problem it. cutting Medicare by one third. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that I admire about him is that he does say what he thinks. Yeah, which will get you. Which in a political in an election is something you don't want to do. I think I think that he he would not match up well with Bill Clinton. Yeah, never really say what you think of political campaign. You must lie to win, right? Well, I'm saying I'm saying you have to do whatever you need to do to win. <laughs> the end, the end justifies the election, right? I mean, you got, but I mean, you look at it, you got you got Dole, who's another, who's basically another George Bush, and it's just it's an absolutely. I think you guys, Bill Clinton is going to need to make a mistake at it, as it is in order to. Uh, in order for a Republican to well, win. Charles, I, I wouldn't, lose. I wouldn't rule that one out. I was, well, I, and also on this, um, on this thing uh, with the, the bombing, I, I don't know. I think there's a, there might be a slight chance that there's something that, uh, international, but uh, I don't know. You look at you, I just can't see. Maybe you can help me on this. How, how would, how would the uh, Iraqis make contact with the militias and? Tell me with that. How would that work exactly? Oh, um, well, uh, all right, Charles. Um, I'll try and help you with that. How would they do that? Well, let us imagine how could that be done. Gosh, that would sure be impossible, wouldn't it? There would be no way that an Iraqi operative could get uh, into America undetected. Oh, well, you know, the borders are like barriers of solid steel. So... It's unimaginable that an, an, an Iraqi operative uh, could make it across our borders. So I guess I guess you're right, Charles. That that certainly rules out the possibility there could have been any contact between an American and an Iraqi operative. Um, gosh, Charles, you make such profound arguments. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hey, thanks, Art. This is uh, Mike in Madison, Cullen. Hi, Mike. I've been arguing with my coworkers all week about this new thing. In fact, I think Janet probably sent you a fax. She told me if you did, but I didn't hear it. But uh, on this new thing, now, I first of all, I'm a Buchanan supporter, just like you. Yeah, okay. Now, let me ask you, Art, why did you support Buchanan? Why do you? What do you see in Buchanan that that makes you feel like he's the best choice? Honesty. Okay. I mean, if, you, if I were listing, you know, in order of reasons or things that I like about Buchanan, 
top of the list is he's honest. Okay. And how do you feel about his stand on NAFTA and GATT? Well, I agreed with his... I supported NAFTA. Okay. Um, not, I did not support GATT. Okay. Now, now, here's the point that uh, people are making to me, which I think makes some sense. Uh, the, the reason I voted for Perot last time and the reason I support Buchanan has a lot to do with what I perceive is happening to the American economy and the American social fabric as a result of loss of good jobs. Uh, put in a, nutsh put, yeah, put in a nutshell, you are supporting isolationism. Well, okay, I, for, for purposes of this discussion right now, I'm going to say yes, I am, okay? Well, I think it's I, fair. I, I'd like to yeah. modify that sometime, but we probably don't have the time. But, but I agree with the basic principle that oh. if you've got a, a one-factory town and you move that factory into, mm -hmm. into Indonesia, you're going to have social problems in that town in no time, and that's the point Buchanan makes. All right, you now as president, all right, for a second? Yeah. For the sake of the conversation, that little factory we're talking about? that might go to wherever, Bangkok or uh, to Taiwan or wherever it's going to go, Mexico, wherever. Um, the factory's getting ready to move, and you're president. What do you do? Well, uh, I, I think I know where you're leading with this. Oh, no, it's a, it's a fair question. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a fair question, and, and, and I think you can't do anything. I, I think that, you know, you can't just prohibit a factory from moving. That's right. You know, okay, and I see your point there. All right, yeah, the alternative point is don't encourage the factory to move. Now, I'm, I'm with you there, and these, these, these little uh, quasi-government organizations that seem to be encouraging American factories to move elsewhere ought to be shot in the can. Right. Well, you see, the business-as-usual climate in Washington is not going to change significantly under Newt. And, and what I mean by that is we've got to take into account the media blitz that's going to occur if Newt runs for president. They're going to link him as strongly as they possibly can with the multinational corporations, with GOPAC. They're going to smear him to death. I know. And he is a brilliant man. I, I know, I sir. You're, you're absolute, look, you're absolutely right. But do you doubt for one second that if Pat Buchanan, with political miracles on his side, caught fire, became, uh, was nominated, became the nominee... They do a job on Pat Buchanan that would curl your hair. I, I think I think you're absolutely right on that. But but what I what I fear will happen is that as soon as Newt decides to run, Ross Perot is going to be able to get up on a stump and proclaim, "Look, all the things I said about uh, talked about in the last election yep. have occurred. Yep. I'm right. Yep. And here we've got two internationalists running for president. The American people do not have a choice." They have no protection against this this plan which right, is crashing their economy. All right, look, I've got to go. It's a very good call. You're absolutely correct. I'm sure that that would be Perot's reaction. The uh, uh, the end result might be we'd have three running and another likely 43 percent victory. It could easily occur, sir. Could easily occur. God, what a nightmare, huh? So, I don't know. Um, all I say is, um, watch the man, Gingrich, um, Sunday. See what you think of him yourself. We're in a long period now of comparing and looking at men and trying to make decisions, and that's what this is all about. So, that's an opportunity to see him. See him for yourself. See what you think. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Joe from St. Clemente. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, national. 
I, when they say Iraqi national, I, I looked it up in the dictionary, and according to it, it means he's under the protection of the said country. Like, well, right. why don't we call him an Iraqi uh, expatriate? How, would, would that be better? Well, my, I, actually, if you want to know the truth, I don't know what his status is, so well, I don't know well, what to call him. The people who are involved in the World Trade Center, you know, they had worked with our government over in Pakistan. Uh, you know, I guess I came out there to trial, and they were called nationals. Now, is this the same situation? Well, all right, sir. I'm going to satisfy you and not argue with you about it and just say they identified him according to Mike, according to the KFOR uh, broadcast, as an Iraq, uh, the suspect they believe to be John Doe number 2, as an Iraqi, the former Iraqi soldier who fought on the side of Saddam Hussein in the Desert Storm uh, War. Now, um, what we call him, um, you call him anything you want. Uh, that is as much of the definition as I have been led to understand is the case. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Yes, uh, this is the... Uh, turn, turn your radio off, please. Yeah, That's okay. number one. Yeah, this is the shadow. Uh, Calling from where, shadow? Uh, uh, Citrus Heights, California. Okay. Yeah, you heard of the... Uh, now, I'm going to be just joking with you a little bit, but you got to understand that some people think how ridiculous this Iraqi thing is. Uh, for example, you've seen the TV show, uh, Mark and Mindy? Oh, yes. I'm sure, I'm sure you have. Long ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And anyway, you know, Mark was from Oregon. So some people might think, oh, gee, if you can, if you can stretch this to Iraq, okay, uh, perhaps, uh, this, uh, this guy is actually a space alien from the planet Ork, and, uh, you know, and, uh, just, just for, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's no proof that he's actually... Ah, uh, he faded down somehow. How did that happen? Boy, this hand. Sometimes you just can't control this hand. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Art. Good morning to you, sir. Where are you? Uh, my name is Rick. I'm calling from Palos Verdes, California. Hi, Rick. Yeah. Uh, listen, I've heard the whole show, okay? Yes, sir. And I've got something very important to share with you. I heard the lady also from Oklahoma City. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, remember I told you about this gentleman out here, the former FBI agent, Mr. Gunderson? Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh huh. All right. Now this is very important. In that same article, Art of May the fifteenth, in the spotlight. Yes. There's a bulletin, and here's a here's a quote from Mr. Gunderson, which he got from a. No, please, please don't. Uh, no, sir, please don't quote us. Just give us a sense of what okay, he said. Well, it's okay. It's from a federal criminal investigator who is working on the bombing of Oklahoma City. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well. And, and this gentleman stated. That he stated that the bombing was enhanced reflection wave detonation with a duplex charge. All right, thank you. Uh, yeah, enhanced reflection detonation. That, that's right. That means that it was in, in effect a shaped charge. And um, I've seen diagrams of uh, what it took to shape that charge. And we had a lot of discussions about uh, how very little it takes, uh, and if you know what you're doing, how you can essentially shape a charge of, um, of those large. Uh, a canister is full of that stuff wrapped with the cord that was, the, in effect, the detonator and all the rest of it. And it was how you laid them out. We went through that, and I don't want to rehash it. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Uh, good morning, Art. This is Rick from Lincoln, Nebraska. Hello. Uh, how you doing? How's Lincoln? Oh, fine, fine. A little wet, but isn't everybody? Um, <laughs> are we still on the air? Uh, well, I hope so. Okay, we're off air, so too bad, because I enjoy listening to you. Um, I guess what I want to talk to you about, um, I've seen on TV, they always show that picture of McVeigh. As far as I know, that's the only known photograph of him since 
his arrest. Well, there was video of him, you'll recall, um, uh, under the transfer. arrest. Yeah, when they transferred him, yeah. And uh, it just dawned on me at the time when I seen that the other day for the umpteenth time that you know, it kind of reminded me of Oswald a bit. Of yeah. Oswald. Uh, all right, thank you. I think the whole situation in in some ways is reminiscent of that, and probably as time grows and mythology grows, if we don't ever get to the bottom of all this, it will begin resembling it in, in even yet more ways. Last call, everybody. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM, from June 9th, 1995. Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 9th, 1995. From America's high desert, this is Coast to Coast AM. The cactus is our friend. And no matter what I've done, as my weekend begins, I try to launch it with Maria Moldauer. It just reminds me of the beautiful peaceful place in which I live. No Good morning, everybody. Uh, faxes ranging all over the place from this. Art, thanks for wasting the entire night on a government attempt to switch the focus as to the culpability from the Oklahoma City bombing away from the government to a collection of patsies. You'll probably censor this one, just like you did my fax of last night. If so, maybe we should call you G-Man. Government man, for those not to know, signed Ichabod from Como. <laughs> you can't get to me, Ichabod. Not this morning. Not even from Seattle. Because I'm determined to feel good. And anyway, uh, so he thinks that I'm, uh, I am Ichabod. I'm, I'm CIA. Didn't you know that? I've never, never, never bothered to deny that. No Sherman-esque statements from me about not being in the CIA. If you want to think it, Ichabod, be my guest. And then this art, I've always felt that there was something funny about the Oklahoma bombing. It seemed to me that they were quick to blame the militia. You may be on to something with this, and I hope you keep it on until the truth comes out. We at least owe that to the people that were killed and injured on that day. Sandy from Cogoland, uh, that's San Diego. So, that's the range. Um, if you'd like to make a comment of your own, that's why we have something called the telephone. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. 
Good morning. Uh, oh, I'm so shocked to have gotten through. I, I understand. <laughs> where Where are you, pray tell? I'm in uh, Merced, California, KYOS. KYOS, yes, ma'am. Um, fascinating program this morning. Uh, I have a couple questions. Will tonight's program be rerun tomorrow night, do you suppose? No, um, tonight's program will be rerun on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. Oh, good. And do you have any stations? I want to phone some people to listen to this. Uh-huh. In Washington State, uh, around Vancouver or Longview, Kelso areas? Uh, well, sure we do. We have KO, well, we have KVI. It's kind of a strange setup. We have, uh, between 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock, we have KVI in Seattle, 570 on the dial. And then, uh, beginning at 1 o'clock in the morning, we have KOMO, 50,000 watt radio station, 1,000 on the dial uh, in Seattle, and um, that can be heard uh, right on down to the Mexican border, so that pretty much ought to cover it. Okay. I have one question. What do you mean by wild card? Well, you know, it's just something to call those lines. Now, I lived in Las Vegas for the better part of a decade, and um, you, you understand the reference to wild card and Las Vegas and gaming and all the rest of it. Not so really. <laughs> you don't. Uh, you don't know what a wild card is when you play poker. Uh, I guess it means anything. Am I wrong? I don't know. I'm not much of a card player. Well, okay, then. Then I'm not sure exactly how to explain it. It just means uh, it's just a name. It's just a name. It was kind of a, a takeoff on uh, um, gaming, gambling. And well, who can call on wild card is what I want to know. Anybody who wants to take a chance to get in. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I guessed, but I just wasn't sure. All right. Well, you did well. Okay. Thank you very much. Th- thank you for the call, and have a good morning. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. This is uh, Luke from St. Louis. Hi, Luke. You were talking about the coming presidential election uh, a few minutes ago. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, I think it's a shame in this age of uh, fast communications that... Uh, we still let these two political clubs get together and pick for us Tweedledee and Tweedledum to vote for. And in addition, let Tweedledee and Tweedledum uh, tell us who we're going to get for a vice president when in the Constitution. I believe if you look very closely, you'll see that we are entitled to vote for the president and the vice president. Well, you are. I mean, uh, the, you know, the, the, I mean, the parties. Uh... Uh, the parties uh, nominate them, and um, uh, through the party process, uh, and frequently by choice of the candidate, the, the you know they submit the name for vice president. He goes through the nomination process just like the uh, the presidential candidate does. Oh yes, I understand that, but uh, I think we should have nationwide primaries, and where each state, if you win a state, you get one vote, so that uh, they don't have to campaign in five or five to seven major states from population centers Mm -hmm. to get elected because then they're the president of New York, Texas, California, and the other populous states, Illinois, whatever they are. But if we had a a method for electing our our president, vice president, that would be a popular vote, uh, no electoral college, uh, I think that we'd be a lot better off uh, rather than letting two clubs get together. Yeah, there are, well, uh, two clubs. Well, you know, they are just the ones that that happen to be supported, sir. Uh, There is nothing that uh, stops you or anybody else from getting another club together. And, uh, indeed, Mr. Rossborough did, did in essence, almost exactly that. Or, you know, you can run without a club altogether. I mean, that's why they call it America. At least part of the reason. 
First time caller line, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, hi. Hi, how are you? Turn my phone off. Uh, yeah, turn, well, don't turn your phone off or we my can't talk off. That's good. <laughs> Where, you got me excited. <laughs> well, I understand. Where are you? I'm in Woodenville, Washington. Woodenville, uh, yes. yes, indeed. And um, uh, I was wanting to bring up the question as to um, why that the uh, FBI... Um, allowed them to uh, come out public with their information, but then did not buy uh, uh, to back them up. And what the Well, I mean, first of all, it's fair to say that um, even the FBI, uh, we would hope, still does, and I'm, I believe does, respect the First Amendment. Secondly, um, if you listen, Mike said that they laid it out for the FBI, and uh, the FBI said, uh, uh, we can't confirm or deny it, but, you know, you go ahead with your report. We're not saying don't run it. So, you know, you can either draw conclusions from that um, or, or not. Well, in other words, they, they could go ahead and publish it, but they just were hanging out in the air. FBI didn't either endorse uh, or um, um, uh, say don't run it or, you know, took really no position at all. But I guess, you know, you could read between the lines if you were a reporter and you laid it out and they said, go ahead. You could then, I suppose, think many things. You could think, well, either they're saying run it because it's true or because they think it might help flush somebody out of a position they're in or make them reveal themselves or pack their bags and take off for Buenos Aires or whatever. You know, who knows? I, I'm sorry, I don't have those answers. Well, the fact that it's not, that you know, that it's not being picked up by the general uh, uh uh, publications in uh, well, we're country. now we're now beginning to see. Apparently, we're beginning to see that it is starting to be picked up. So, maybe we're at the beginning of the dam breaking. I don't know. Well, it just seems like you know most other things come out just really, really fast. Oh, you're, you're and so that correct. This would be almost like that the uh, that the general media, the controlled media, has been told to to, you know, lay off of this and for some reason either to uh, discredit this or maybe to, uh, uh, maybe the only ones that would come out in that case would be, quote, like the talk show host and another yeah. effort to discredit them. Well, you know, in the end, all I would say is life is such a damn mystery, isn't it? <laughs> I've got to run, ma'am. Oh, thank, okay. thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much for the call, and have a very good morning. Take you back to the night of June 9th, 1995, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. This is Joe in San Francisco. Hi, Joe. How you doing? I'm the Newt fan and interactive media guy here. Yes, sir. Um, first of all, uh, Newt Gingrich, um, being the Newt fan, I have to say... I, I can imagine you wear a lot of camouflage clothing as you walk the streets of San Fran, huh? No, but uh, I don't broadcast it anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, except now. Yes, that's right. I'm broadcasting. But listen... He's going to run. There's no doubt about. It. But he's at least going to. He's going to find out. He's, this is brilliant. The strategy to try to get him side by side with Clinton because he'll see right away how he's going to play. 
uh, nationally and see how his polls go when he's side by side. Well, are you, I'm sure you're listening to the reports. Have you heard the word debate used? Well, you know, people uh, in reporting it, but no, not debate. I've heard Newt say it's not a debate. He just wants to talk Medicare. Uh, well, are... we, we could hope it would turn into a debate. Now, if it did, now, now, now that would be something to behold. Oh, yes, it would. And I think something is going to happen. They just got to find some sort of neutral ground, and they'll they'll talk about Medicare. But uh, uh, first of all, he, if he runs, which I think he will, he's going to win. There's just <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Well, I've, uh, as you know, I share that view with you. But we are in a distinct minority now. I read the polls like everybody else does. Here's why, though. Here's why all these Republicans are saying no. It's because they like him where he is. And half of them say that straight out. They that, like that, that, that accounts for about half, all right? right I, I agree. Half. But here's why. They, they, but here's what's going to happen is as these things get vetoed, as Bob Dole drops the ball, yeah. people are going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We like what he's doing, but as it moves higher up, it's just getting, we like the, first of all, the polls are very high for every one of the items of the Contract America. Oh, I know. 60, 70, 80. And when they connect, they make the connection that the guys higher up are stopping it, and Newt's the one responsible for getting it going, I think that we'll see a change. All right, all right. I'm going to record what you have said almost as a prediction. Okay. And we'll see how it comes out. All right, Art. All right. You said something about the Internet earlier this week? Yes, oh, yes. Can I say a quick word on that? Uh, yes. I'm glad you uh, don't want to see regulation, but first of all, it's impossible to regulate it. You can't. It's like regulating a phone call. They would have to go snip the wires. There's no way. It's kind of like the gun control, only much worse in that, you know, it, you know. I, I just cut you off for a second to demonstrate there is a way. I mean, I can throw a switch and boom, you're gone. So, uh -huh. you know, there's lots of people with lots of switches, so it can be done. Don't say what we should say is it shouldn't be done. They would have to snip the borders. I mean, they would have, even if they went and confiscated hard drives all over the country. All right. Well, then, look, I've got to hold it at that point. I, my demonstration was it can be done. Whether it should be done, that's, of course, of a different uh, color. But, I mean, there are going to be some rules. You can't use the Internet to, um, uh, to conspire to commit a crime any more than you can use telephones to conspire to commit a crime or anything else. So that much regulation is in order, of course. Uh, first time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Arville. This is uh, Charles. I'm in Honolulu. Hello, Charles. How you doing? Fine. Um, I have a question. You know, we were talking about the uh, the guy from uh, Iraq, I suppose. Um, doesn't he have a? Does, 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 how did he get a visa to get from Iraq to America? Sir, uh, uh, sir, you're asking me a question. I I don't have the answer to. Um, I, I will tell you this. I believe that um, uh, at the very beginning of the uh, Desert Storm War, yeah. we dropped a lot of leaflets behind the lines of the yeah, Iraqi yeah, soldiers, yeah, telling them, uh, yes, telling them to throw up their hands, throw down their weapons, and give up. Right. And we made certain promises. And I believe on that basis, a number of Iraqi soldiers have indeed made their way to the U.S. as immigrants. So I don't know that that's the answer to the question. It's just my guess. Right. Yeah, I remember um, dropping them for the leaflet part of uh, psyops, and um, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. The, the, the other question that I had was um, yesterday. I guess a couple of days ago on your show, we were talking about the the reason that they the government had allowed the news media to uh, broadcast about. Um, the downed pilot in Bosnia, and yes. we said that we, and I found it hard to believe that they would even let something like that out. 
Well, I, that makes two of us. And, and it's not just that it was let out, sir. The Pentagon made public the information that they were getting the signal, and it it was to me. I know it was. I know. Uh, you mean rescued? It's just. Um, yeah, I agree with this caller. Nothing short of amazing. Nothing short of amazing. Now, the one aspect of it that I have not compared. Uh, and I haven't looked carefully at is uh, he was rescued about 20 miles from Bihach, not more than about five miles from where uh, he came down, or maybe it was even closer than that. Maybe it was 500 feet. I can't remember. It's very close. And I'm trying to recall exactly where the Pentagon had specified they were getting their signals. Now maybe that was intentionally to mislead the Serbs with regard to where the signals were coming from. So I would need to carefully compare what they originally said, and I don't know that I can do that anymore, and maybe uh, one of you can. Wild Card Line, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning. I've been trying for two hours to get on here. Well, now you've made it. Yeah, I'm calling. my name is Joe. I'm calling from San Diego. Hi, Joe. Hey, listen here. I, I notice I've been listening every time some, some of these people call in, talk about this fellow, Ted L. Gunderson. You cut him off the air. Well, no, I just, when it gets to allegations that are not established yet... Well, I read that article, too, these men are talking about in the spotlight and... Uh, yeah, I know what... Uh, look, I, I get the spotlight, sir, so I, I know what's in well, the spotlight. Well, this guy Ichabod's accusing me of you being a government agent. If I think if you don't have this guy Gunderson on it, that you are a government agent. All right, well, fine. Go ahead. You think it, too. I, you know, I don't care. I don't care. You're going to tell me if I don't have some guest on, I'm a government agent? I don't care. You want to think it? Think it. Think on CIA, above top secret, level 47.3. You know, think it. And ask me if I care what you think. If you want to think I'm a government agent, or if Ichabod wants to think I'm a government agent, have fun. Imagine I am. And imagine I'm sitting here with voice prints of everything you just said. Imagine. I sound like John Lennon. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes. Hello there. My name's um, Marie, and I'm from Seattle. Hi, Marie from Seattle. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, what I called about was um, starting Sunday here at Como Country, they're going to start carrying Dreamland. I, oh, thank you for saying that. I would have forgotten. Beginning this Sunday, Dreamland switches in its entirety to K-O-M-O. One thousand, one thousand on the radio dial. Fifty thousand watts. Seven o'clock Sunday evening. I, I think it's is it going to be seven. Pardon me. I say, is it going to be on at seven o'clock? Yes, it is. All right. Well, then you just told the world. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, dear, for mentioning it. And it's going to be George Knapp. Don't miss Dreamland this coming Sunday. George Knapp, the reporter who broke the whole thing about Area Fifty One in the first place. Uh, produced um, uh, UFOs, the best evidence. George Knapp, who knows a lot about what's going has gone on g down in Russia, uh, will be our guest on Dreamland. And yes, Dreamland switches in its entirety to K O M O Seattle beginning this Sunday. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello. How you doing, Art? Okay, where are you? Um, Sacramento. Welcome to the show. You bet. Um, I wanted to ask you. Uh, last night was a bit of a discussion about the American flag and how um, people burning it. Um, Kind of common sense solution that people wouldn't allow it to be done anyway. 
I, I believe that, yes. Um, well, let me ask you this. What was the proper procedure or protocol for dealing with a flag that you drop on the ground? You, take, take you, you, well, you, uh, well, if, if a flag is tattered, if, 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 uh, if a flag is tattered or if a flag is in disrepair, then it is properly destroyed um, using uh, that exact method. And I, so I very well understand your point, sir. Um, but the acts are not the same, are they? That is, burning the flag in protest or because you're angry or you, whatever, and burning it because it it is in some manner been um, tattered or uh, defaced. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi, ours. This is Christopher. I'm calling from Dawson Creek, B.C. Dawson Creek, British yeah. Columbia. Uh, tell everybody where Dawson Creek is. Hey, Dawson Creek is um, mile zero of the Alaska Highway. It's about a thousand kilometers north of Vancouver. About a thousand miles north of Vancouver. No, a thousand kilometers. Kilometers. So, which so would you're be about six hundred miles. Yeah, you're in other words. I I went through Dawson Creek. Oh really? Oh, I've been up and down the Alcan Trail three times. Oh uh, wow! And I did it back when it was real gravel. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so, so I know where you are up there in the middle of nowhere. What's oh, going? Wow. <laughs> what's going on? Um. Anyways, what I was calling about is to just let you know that. I can pick you up every night on KOMO. Oh, well, that's because K. This is what I'm trying to tell everybody. KOMO goes from the Mexican border, uh huh, probably to the North Pole. Wow. Oh, that's phenomenal. <laughs> like pretty well every night I listen to you, and I just love your program. Well, uh, it's good to know that you're up there in Dawson Creek uh, listening. Yeah. And I hope I hope when January and February comes along, uh huh, you'll call us from Dawson Creek and tell us. How cold it's getting! Cause oh, I, I will when it's like minus forty Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Listen, um, from Dawson Creek uh, in British Columbia, you're going to get to tell the world uh, this morning good night because we're out of time. So, oh, good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. I guess that says it. Dawson Creek. Look it up on a map. All right, everybody. That's it. What a night! If you're able to stay tuned for the repeat next two hours, don't miss it on a bet. See you Sunday on Dreamland, Monday night, Tuesday morning, back with the syndicated program. Good night.